So we're going to do something a little different this week because we have a mystery beer, as those of you who have been following us may know, as we've hinted uh, prior to this. Uh, so I have not let Anthony see this beer. This beer was specifically chosen for this episode, the episode being solo. And, well, Anthony, why don't you take a look at what we have? I'm and so we excited. Do a, little, a little play-by-play. Hopefully it's, this will be a surprise to you. It's been a journey. I feel like uh, it, this better be good. Yeah, I've never tasted it, so I hope it's good. I had to like smuggle. It was like a smuggling run. Yeah, that's true. Made its way. Maybe making it cr- across New York bit. into Jersey. All right, here we go. We have. To... Oh my God! It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? Never tell me the odds. I Double IPA with Citra and Mosaic hops. Oh it, my. It was- Good lord, that is amazing! It, it was so perfect because I know you love that line because I've heard uh, you use that line outside of like Star Wars context a million times. I know you love Citra hops. I love Mosaic hops. It's fucking Star Wars beer, so why the hell great. not? Okay, got it. That'll. Oh my god! And it was a Han Solo line for the Han Solo movie, so it was all. This was one of those, like, if you ever believe in fate or anything like that. <laughs> right, we found like, it. <laughs> I didn't look for this. I saw this out of the corner of my eye, and I was like, what is that? Oh, my God. <laughs> that is amazing. Where did you, you just stumbled across it? You weren't looking for anything Star Wars related specifically. No, I was just wandering around looking uh, to see if there's any, like, beers that I recognize, like, by name that I've never had that I've heard is good or from breweries that I like that I've never had before of the specific instance of beer, like, this is from Duclaw Brewing, which is the only reason I was worried you may have heard of it, because I know you've drank beers from that, because we almost did one of them way back. I think it was like oh, the yeah. chocolate peanut butter. Yeah, like, no, I've, I've definitely heard of Duclaw. I've probably had a few. I've definitely never had this. This is this is beautiful. This is going – this is getting cleaned out afterwards and going on the shelf next to the movies. This is wonderful. <laughs> this is – I'm so excited. Wow. Well, well you, you did good. <laughs> you didn't oversell it. It's I'm so glad I'm so glad that you didn't know about it because it makes it so much better. Oh, like I, you would have been perfect. so excited even if you had had it before, but it's so much better with this being a surprise. This is wonderful. All right, well, shall we all get right, into this? Yeah, let's get into it all. All right, way. all right. Yeah, let's give him. Oh, all right, hey, he's going. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, about, we didn't do a countdown since we're in the show. No, that's fine. That's about as uh as like you know put together the show usually is i was gonna say let's give a little behind the scenes of how this usually works where i start counting down from five you estimate the last two seconds and then we crack the beer open on account of the skype hello <laughs> and welcome to episode 48 of flick to the six i'm one of your hosts anthony costanzo with me forever no ways the man the myth <laughs> alessandro Biolsi. say hello al I'm a little bit drunk, okay? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> on this week's episode, we're going to discuss movies hinging on their casts, the biggest summer box office bombs, crappy nerds, the Halloween reboot, little Dak Shepard information, and despecialized editions, all before diving into our flick of the week, Solo, A Star Wars Story. Now you, my listeners, already know we're drinking. Never tell me the odds. Citra Mosaic Hops, double IPA, by Duclaw Brewing. Al... I'm still so happy about this. This is so great. <laughs> so let's, uh, while you um, come down from that high, let's um, let's talk about this beer. So the can, as you enjoy the can so much, so are it's a, it's a starry background, as you might see in the lack of space, perhaps before I jump to the hyperspace. It's brewed and canned by Duclaw Brewing, which is from Baltimore, Maryland. 
Never tell me the odds. The odds of successfully navigating the galaxy of juicy double IPAs available is approximately 3,721. <laughs> oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, this one is made by the right band of rebellious heroes who can deliver the delicious blend of tropical and citrus hop flavors you've been searching the universe for. This 16-ounce can might not look like much, but it's going to make a refreshing run on your taste buds in less than 12 parsecs. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited. It's it's 8% alcohol by volume. I do not have an IBU count on this one. It's all good. Can you guess? Can you guess from tasting it? Um, I'm not that good yet. Before we take a sip of this, can you tell me what I'm looking at here? Little little know. little floaties. You know, I poured it and then I put it off to the side. Oh, that's just um, this. I mean, I'm guessing this is probably unfiltered um, because that's like hop debris and stuff. But it's like so perfectly. <laughs> I mean, normally you'd be like, oh, there's stuff in my beer. But it's like so perfectly distributed throughout the entire glass. I don't know how that's yeah, happening. I mean, uh, well, the thing is, I actually don't know exactly how old this is. Oh, no, it's not that old. It was bottled in uh, March March 26th of 2018. So it's it not came like out with the special editions in the 90s. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't in the clearance rack. <laughs> um, and it comes in. Yeah, it's just hop debris and like um, any like shrub that was left over or like yeast that settled out um this isn't too bad because it's not crystal clear but it's clear enough it's a little bit hazy which so this just uh it's an unfiltered I, beer that's been dry hopped on, on i can't hop, take so it i can't take it anymore cheers cheers oh my god that is so the stuff <laughs> uh and it's good like come on like you you pull this off right with this ridiculous beer, with this perfect tie into this movie, and it's absolutely delicious. <laughs> this is this is an Anthony beer. This is exactly what I like. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's um, it's a strong double IPA, but it's not offensive in its bittering. It's the bittering is well balanced within the beer. Man, um, it's something that I've had uh, occasion to talk about a fair amount recently because. Uh, when I was up, I was telling you a little bit before the show, I was up in Stowe last week for my buddy's wedding. Sean, if for some reason you're listening, because you do listen to us sometimes, congratulations, buddy. Uh, <laughs> it was a great Woo! time. Congratulations. Um, so where we were staying was like a mile away from uh, Alchemist Brewing, um, famed makers of Hetty Topper and Focal Banger, alums of this show. Hmm. And so, of course, I made a pilgrimage and stopped there. Very briefly, because I had a five-hour drive ahead of me, and I picked up a bunch of Heady Topper and Focal Banger. I actually meant to set you a picture of the many Heady Toppers sitting in my fridge right now. <laughs> nice. So they'll be making a – they'll be reappearing. Well, they'll be reappearing in my mouth, but not necessarily on the show. Uh, am I going to have one? I'm flabbergasted, which is – no. <laughs> uh, I mean, no, I, I can't be upset with you ever. <laughs> because this is perfect. <laughs> also, I brought you the other two for us to do the show with. So yeah. we'll just do a recap. It's fine. <laughs> um, maybe it'll be if we do. It'll be a second beer of a show. I say we could do it as a second beer in one of our special episodes. Yeah. Um. But uh, I sent you, and those of you who follow the newly christened uh, 
Flicks and a Six Instagram page may have seen the picture of the other Vermont beers that I picked up while I was up there. Yeah, the little teaser of what's to come. Grabbed four or five of them. Um, I have a nice backlog now of beers. I won't have to pick up beer for the show for a while. We've got probably about ten or so lined up. Oh, man. I, I can't get over this. I know. This it was is, just too damn perfect. This is just wonderful. Well done. We're on We're on a good run. We did Jack Savvy last week, so we knew that was going to be good. And now we have this that's amazing. So you just have to continue to outdo yourself. <laughs> Eventually, you're going to fall. It's going to happen. You can only fly so high for so long. <laughs> Trying to stave off my own personal Icarus syndrome. <laughs> you're just going to, one of these days, you're going to buy one that you know is bad just because you can't take it anymore. <laughs> yes, that, that's how I'm going to break it. Like, I don't want to break it unintentionally. I'm going to pick something that you're, I know is bad. We're going out on your terms. <laughs> I like it. Awesome. This is this is fantastic. Took a so, dive to preserve the show integrity. So getting into this week's episode, um, one of the things that I have on this list here to discuss is movies hinging on their cast. I came across an article about Ocean's 8, and mm-hmm. I had no interest at all. Like I was just like, oh, seen Ocean's a billion. How many were there? I feel like I've seen all of them. It was 11, 12, and 13. And the original? Yeah. So I, I've seen the original, and I think I've seen 11 and 12. I'm not certain. I saw 13. But, you know, they're fun. Whatever. It's it's, it's a I've whatever. Seen, I've seen parts of 11. Like It came out, like, when I was still fairly young. Um, and I've never really sat back down to watch it. Like, I've seen a little bit of it when it's on TV, if you turn the TV on. Right. I watched all of 12 when it came out, I think. But I don't really remember much of it. Yeah, I don't think I've seen 13. But, but, which is kind of my point, though, is, like... It, it, they were fun. There's nothing I I didn't like dislike those movies. They were just a, it's a good time. It's a movie to throw on and watch. It's not it's not terribly offensive in any way. It's just it's just a a movie. It's a, a popcorn flick. It's one um, of those things that if like the next time I see Eleven, like if I see that it's going to be on and it's like I'm not doing anything and I know that the whole thing is going to run, like I might sit down and watch it. Like it's it's kind of been in the back of my mind for a long time now. It just has not lined up that way. Right. Oh, that's, I mean, yeah, and that's that's fine. It's like you're not going out of your way to see it. And I was like, when I saw this advertised, um, you know, there's obviously the crap load of internet nonsense that went along with it. But that was not one of – that had no relation to the reasons that I wasn't interested. It was just another movie that – it was just a remake of something that is not that old that I just don't really have an interest in. Well, it sounds in. like this is only a soft reboot. It's more of a sequel. That's – which is kind of cool. Even that though, like I – Because like I think, I think Sandra Bullock – is his playing sister George Clooney's sister? Yes. Right, right. But like, I'm not like super interested. I figured it was one of those things where like, if it's on something down the road and I have nothing to watch, I will probably watch it. But now I'm a little bit curious because of what I was, the things that I was reading about how, yeah, like the movie is exactly what I thought. It's nothing. The movie itself is nothing special, but the characters and cast make it work, and that's that's fun. I like to see that. I like to see good yeah. chemistry on screen. So that that actually kind of made me. My interest peak a little higher. I'm probably still not going to catch this one in theaters unless I really want to go to the movies and there's nothing else to see. But I was just curious on your take. Do you have any interest at all? Uh, I mean, kind of the same way that you do where, like, I've heard enough where it's, like, it's entertaining enough and that the ensemble is really well casted. Um, And, like, you can see the names, but, like, that they work together, the chemistry's there. Mm -hmm. But for me, like, not having like a strong connection to the series. I, I don't really not going out of your way. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was just, I was just curious. Cause it's one of those things. 
it's been happening a lot, I feel like, lately, where, like, I'm not, yeah, whatever, it's there, I'm not super interested, and then all of a sudden something happens, I'm like, oh, oh, okay, I'm a little bit more interested, like A Quiet Place, I wasn't, I wasn't gonna go see that until I, until I saw it, I was like, or until it, like, got all this hype, I was like, well, now I feel like I have to, and then I saw it, and I was so glad that I did, yeah. um, and then this is just, I, it's not up to that level, but it's, you know, it's interesting, I'm glad, I never want things to fail, so I'm glad that it's, it's you know, it's so far being received well from what I'm reading. I won't say that, never, but I rarely wish for things to fail. That's true. There's exceptions. Um... Cool. I was just curious what your take was on that. Uh, so the next thing I have. Here, well, hang on, because I, oh. I have several things as well. Oh, do you oh, want? Oh, yeah, let's go back and forth. Do you want to alternate? <laughs> yeah, since there's only two of us, you might not realize this is a snake draft. Um, <laughs> <laughs> go on now. Go on. Well, I'll let you choose blindly. Ooh. Do you want news or a note? News or note? I have three news stories and one note for discussion. Three news and one note. All right, I want to go news, news, note, news. Okay, do you want more positive news or more negative news? I start negative. Okay. I want it to be all rise. <laughs> how, how negative? I <laughs> was not prepared for that. As negative as it gets, I guess. Okay, I'm going to interpret that the best way that I can. Have you heard about this whole thing with Kelly Marie Tran? That's funny. I have that on here too. My note was crappy nerds. Yes. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So all right, I'm just going to check this off and let you take this one. <laughs> well, I don't have a specific news story here. Just kind of generally wanted to talk about that situation because, yeah. man, that's just disappointing and sad what's going on with all this. And we've seen bits of this forever online, and we've seen bits of this specifically with this with The Last Jedi for quite some time now, it's just, like, how can people be so shitty? And it's it's not even one of those things where it's, like, people don't realize. Like, you have to realize at this point how shitty you're being, where you are destroying someone. Like, I even understand people... It's not right, but I at least understand people going after a director, producer, writer, whatever. You know what I mean? To a degree, maybe, but... What I'm, okay. I'm not saying... Obviously, I don't condone it. But what I'm saying is I at least understand it because they're it's from their minds the thing that's offending you. You know what I mean? Yeah. An actress who's in her first feature film playing a character you don't like. Yeah. And you think that's her fault. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 it was when it gets down to that sort of stuff where it's like if you take more than two seconds to look past the surface of it, it's pretty fucking obvious where that's coming from. Yeah. It's uh it's a woman and it's a woman who's not a white woman that you're treating like shit because you're unhappy about something. So you choose the least common denominator in all this case. You, you choose the person who is not like you because most of these nerds yep. are white dudes, right? Yep. And, and we don't get into a lot of – I mean I know we've discussed some of it. We don't get into a lot of politics. We don't get into a lot of racial stuff. But it's like, like if it's not so fucking obvious what's going on here, like yeah. – Everyone needs to wake the fuck up. Yeah, it, I, I was kind of just like, I, I see story after story about this, and I'm getting, like, just frustrated. And really, the, the PSA here was, if you are not as frustrated as us on this story, you're probably is, somebody that I don't want listening to this. I don't yeah. appreciate you, and I would like you to leave. Like, guys, we're, like, we're not... 
going out of our way. We're not looking for reasons to talk about this stuff. And I think when it all said and done, we're going to be on the right side of history on this. You know what I mean? Like, you think? Like, Did you say you think? Yeah. <laughs> we well, are. You know what? You know, <laughs> absolutes is the way of the Sith, right? So I'll leave the 0.0001% chance that we're not. But I feel like we're probably on the right side of this. <laughs> <laughs> but some I mean, alternate universe, like really far down the line, you're like, Good lord! Yeah, no, <laughs> what happened? There? I mean, because I'm sure we've gotten stuff wrong in the past, and I'm sure we'll get stuff wrong in the future. But it won't be for lack of trying, and it won't be for lack of thinking for a minute or two. Like we'll we'll fuck up. Let's just apologize now. We're gonna fuck up on stuff. Yeah. I don't think we're fucking up here. Like, just cool it with the hate of someone. And like, but if you like, spend, there's just, just there's no reason. There's literally no reason for this. Like people are were terrible to her to yeah. the point that they chased her off all social media footprint. Like, yep. and if you had engaged for two seconds in what she's been all about since this movie came out, she has been so genuinely excited about being a part of this. Like it was like a dream come true. Like she loves this stuff just like you do guys. Right. And like, she's really cool to her fans. Like she posted a story and a picture of her in a pub in England where she overheard a bunch of people who'd just come out of like one of the first airings of the movie and were talking about it and they were like effusively praising this movie. Yeah. And uh, if you're the people who are hating on her, you're probably the people who didn't like the movie. But uh, ostensibly, you're Star Wars fans, right? right? And so she's overhearing them all talk about it and she heard them talking about her character and this and that. And she was just listening silently this whole time. And when she was ready to leave the pub, she stands up. And leans over to the to the people who are all sitting there. There's like eight of them or something like that. And she says, hey, guys, I'm so glad to hear that you guys love the movie. And they all look at her and then realize who she was. Oh, my God. And she took a picture with all of them. And, like, she posted it all of her social media and everything like That's that. That's awesome. I like, love that. Like, she's so genuinely happy yeah. and excited to be part of all of this. And you want to run her off. It's it's as shitty a thing as I can think of that's not, like, an actual physically violent crime. Right. It's just, it's just disgusting. Yeah. Like, you just, you're just a horrible, like, these people are, are horrible. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, I, I just don't get where it's coming from. Like, I, and I, you know what? And I'm glad. I'm glad that I can't relate to you on this for a second. Yeah. Like, because, I mean, like or dislike the movie all you like, I really don't care. It's not a perfect movie. I think it's a damn good movie. And I think the vast majority of people who I've heard criticize and denigrate this movie are not doing so from a place of like filmographical reasons. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's really, a lot of it is racially or misogynistically charged. Yep. And even the stuff that isn't is nonsensically charged. Oh you know what it's, I mean? There's, there's so much of that garbage. And like I was watching, um, I've been watching a lot of the E3 press conferences and stuff like that this week. And I'm watching it on a live stream on, uh, most of the time IGN and there's a chat in the window on the right side that I can't help it's like scrolling by which to the I got I ended up getting to the point where I like made the window big and pulled it off screen just to hide it because there was no way to minimize it because it was just it was one it was distracting by the movement and two it just made me horrible like feel horrible that oh I have something I have something in common with these people we both like video games yeah. Or or maybe we don't because from what I from the comments it would seem that you hate everything. But just like some of this the the most disgusting vile comments about it was just I can't. I just can't even 
it was it's disgusting and it's just like i don't understand like and i again i don't want to (laughs) but still it's just like stop just stop all this stop the negativity stop the hate just give it up just no you know what i don't like you here's my hate (laughs) here's my hate speech i hate you (laughs) for being this way (laughs) maybe maybe that's you know it's funny that's like you know counterintuitive to my point but i don't care (laughs) yeah yeah, no, it's, it's I don't it's know really how frustrating. you get around that sort of thing because it's like, like what do you do? What do you say to that? I, I don't even know. Um, I, you know what's funny? The more I watch that movie, the more I like that character too. Yeah, I mean, she is what Star Wars is all supposed to be about, right? I mean, like, because she's a person who doesn't, have the force, but she believes in something bigger than her. Like she's risen up against, I mean, I, the, the, the best thing is a, a lot of the criticism I've seen is, you know, oh, all this like ultra liberalism and like social justice warrior stuff, criticizing the force awakens and even more so the last Jedi. And it's like, do you not realize how much political stuff there's been since like day one of star Wars that all right. of this has been rebelling against fascist dictatorship? Like, Every single fucking movie that's been made has been about that guy. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about this character for one second because it's one of the things that I really love about it about about Rose is that all of the the large scale stuff that happens in Star Wars movies, like the the numbered Star Wars movies, this is something we kind of talked about a little bit last week because we we got a little further into Solo than we should have, but uh, <laughs> like the the one off. Star Wars stories are more um, focused, boiled down. They're not the bigger, like, they tie into the bigger picture, but it's more of, like, a the everyman of the universe, like, story and, like, what's going on, like, on the ground level. And her character is probably the only character that you see that has, like, a very personal attachment to something get lost on, like, like she she is, like, like that, you know, um, the foot soldier, Who's her sister dies like in the movie like it's it's and it's right there and like there's that emotional carry throughout the rest of the movie for her and you get to learn a little bit more about her and how she the character is just genuinely a good person and wants you know that that makes this all even so much worse <laughs> is the character is so good uh, uh. I, I I got nothing it's, yep. it's just really disappointing. Um, it, what, what I do love is seeing like the, the pushback from like people like Mark Hamill and John Boyega, like that, that stuff is, it's good. It's just unfortunate that they even have to, Yeah, you know, it's disgusting. Well, now I'm I'm glad we started with the friggin' worst of it. Don't worry. The other negative one is not nearly so negative. Okay, good. Uh, let's take a quick break from that and talk about biggest summer box office bombs. I have a list here. They're not in any particular order, and they're not like – they may not even be the absolute worst ones, but there were some on here that were interesting because I know I saw them. And I was curious. I want to go through this list. of It's a list of 10, not long. Um, but I want to see, one, if you've seen them and uh, what your thoughts are on why they failed. Uh, so – Number one on this list, a movie that I am not familiar with. I remember seeing trailers for it. The Wait, th- is this number one or number ten? It's not in any particular order. Oh, okay. But it's one in the slideshow that is going to be really annoying to navigate while I'm on here. Okay. Uh, the 13th Warrior. 
No, never saw it. Never saw uh, it? I know, I know the name, but I don't know anything about it. Let's read this real quick. Uh, this is all coming from Esquire, so just... Uh, <laughs> but historically, uh, bah, 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 historically, films based on Michael Christon novels are a pretty big success. That Michael Crichton? The, Crichton, there you go. That wasn't the case here with the 13th Warrior, with unfor- who unfortunately cast Antonio Banderas as a legendary Muslim wanderer. <laughs> um, just interesting. I, budget was 85 to $160 million. How do you have a range that big? What's because... The- it's because they, especially with these ones that are like way back, um, they include the best guess of what the marketing cost was. Which oh, that, okay. A, a lot of times that is a little bit more nebulous than the actual budget of the movie. Gotcha. Gotcha. And anyway, I'm sure we don't have fully accurate numbers on account of it coming out in 99. Or at least closer to accurate numbers, which is why we're getting such a wide range. That's a wide range. Yeah. It's either this or double this. That's that's what the range is on that one. Um, with a uh, a take of sixty one point seven million. Either way, it did really bad. It just did exponentially worse if we're on the higher end of that. Moving on to Titan AE. And here's an interesting one. I definitely <laughs> saw this, and I feel like I was young, and I feel like I enjoyed it. Uh, I definitely did. I I've seen that movie many times, actually. I remember that coming out when I was a kid. I'm pretty sure that for my 10th birthday, that featured in fairly heavily with my 10th birthday. You are absolutely correct on account of it coming out on June 16th of 2000. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, you know, because you remember what it was? Uh, That was when we lived in the the apartment in Fishkill. Yep. And in like the main building, like the bottom, like the movie theater thing. They had the movie theater thing, and I remember for part of that was part of my thing for my birthday is we put that movie on the screen with everyone who like I had over. That's really cool. That's really I feel like that was fun. I feel like I enjoyed that movie. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I don't I know why it was such a big. I mean, I could see it being like one of those things where like maybe it didn't meet up to like the expense of whatever made it up, but like right, it was. I, if it if it failed, I don't think it was because it was a bad movie. I mean, it was an animated movie, so your expectations are different than for a, like a large scale release, but. That had a really big cast, right? And uh, I, 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 trying it's an entertaining to do, sci-fi movie, like yeah. Well, well, I guess trying to do something like that in two thousand, I don't know. It was a with a budget range of seventy-five to ninety million. I do feel like, it, and it was not now, but for the time, um, technologically, like the animation was. Yeah, I remember being impressed. It's hand drawn, or uh, appears to be hand drawn, like that style at least. Um, I don't know. It, that I, when I saw that on the list, I was like, "Huh," and then I thought, "If I really think about it, I mean, you have a little bit more of a tie to it than I do." I remember walking away positive from that movie, but I couldn't tell you for the life of me what it's about at all. I don't remember. It was about some time in the future when we have space flight and we've realized that there are other species in the galaxy. Actually. Uh, I'm pretty sure Mass Effect must have drawn from this fairly heavily because there's a lot of similarities to the world and the story. Um, but anyway, um, we have space flight and we're planning on expanding. We've just barely gotten our toes wet in the larger community of alien races. And there's a very malevolent um, species that's, I think, made of pure energy. Okay. If I remember correctly, okay. I don't think they were robots. I think they were made of pure energy. And they come to exterminate us, and we launch this one huge fucking ship with, like, a codex of all of our DNA, of, like, 
like all the species on Earth and this and that, and and we just launch it as like a last ditch effort to just Titan. maintain some bit of of yeah. And the ship was called the Titan, and that was what it was. And AE was after Earth because they, <laughs> yeah. they I, that's funny. Earth. I remember all that. <laughs> that was all in the first ten minutes of the movie. They destroy Earth, and. And then it picks up like twenty years later, and the humans are like okay. treated like shit amongst. Uh, okay, it's know. it's coming back. I think I, I reading this on this list of things that went poorly makes me want to watch it again. <laughs> I mean, it's for what it was for being like an animated movie, like kid movie, or whatever. Like it, it was a pretty solid movie. It's Matt awesome. Damon, Drew Barrymore, Nathan Lane, Bill Pullman, John Leguizamo. Like it's got a really good voice cast. What say you? We do an episode on this movie. I mean, we we can let's do that. totally do it. I'm putting it on the books. <laughs> I will definitely need a refresh for like specifics, but like I've seen it enough that I nah, couldn't no. even talk about it functionally now. No, like, we're gonna we're gonna watch it. We're gonna watch it together. Um, cool. Moving on, number three of ten, Pluto Nash. <laughs> that was Eddie Murphy. This movie, right? it was among the biggest box office bombs in history. I need. We need to play a game on this one. I've got a that, budget, not a range, a budget of $100 million. What was the box office total? Fifteen. Eh, eh. What was it? Oh, I'm giving you prices right. Eh, eh. So you're going to you're gonna have to re-bid at a lower value. <laughs> Wait, it was that bad? <laughs> I it was too low as it was. Uh, seven? Ah. Seven point one. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised. I thought you were gonna go down to ten. I really did. I was like, I was ready and excited to give you the buzzer again. <laughs> you don't forget the little handheld taboo buzzer. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's uh, that is unfortunate. I I remember that movie coming out, and I remember it bombing. I just didn't realize it bombed that bad. I'm pretty sure there's only if did you see it? No, I've never seen it. I think I may have seen it like on um on one of the movie channels. One time, I think I've I turned don't... on the TV once and seen it like on, yeah, like, two minutes of it, and I was like, I can understand why this bombed. <laughs> and I could either I could be wrong, but if I remember correctly, there, the only thing that I I remember seeing was like a pool, a pool scene, like playing billiards, and the pool balls were really cool, and that's all I remember. And weirdly enough, I found the pool balls. <laughs> online and i almost bought them <laughs> but that's it that's all i remember i guess i could have contributed to that uh <laughs> um moving on four of ten sinbad legend of the seven seas oh i remember that was in a that was a an animated movie about the greek lore or whatever i'm gonna call bs on this one a budget of 60 million box office of 80.7 now not a great return no, but that was I think that was Disney, right? I guess that's I, probably that's probably why it's such a. It was Disney, and it had like it had um, appeal. Like Brad Pitt was the lead. Like you know, mm-hmm. there was yeah, Brad Pitt, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Michelle Pfeiffer. Sinbad filmmakers cast Brad Pitt as a Middle Eastern character, despite his Midwestern accent. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh, the... Oh, DreamWorks, sorry. Uh, filmmakers instead that the voice would lighten the mood. <laughs> anyway, all right. I didn't see that. Did you see that? Uh, I did. And? It was okay. Okay. It was like, I mean, it's like like taking like an old, old, like... like was it Middle East? Because I, I would have thought it was like Greek mythology. 
well, I guess maybe he was a Middle, Middle Eastern character, but it was like, I'm pretty sure it was like Greek mythology. It was from like the city of like Troy or. I have no, I've got no context for the Some film I never saw shit it. like that. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. don't know. It was one of those old fucking like thousands of year old stories that, that's been like carried through for all the years and was recreated. Like I, I saw the movie. I remember bits of it. Like it's been a long time since I've seen it. Right. It was it was fine. I, I remember as a kid, like not loving it. It was what it was. Sure. All right. Uh, five of ten. Stealth. I never, actually like that movie, even though I know never it's heard bad. of it. Guilty uh, pleasure of yours? That was Josh Lucas and Jamie Fox and Jessica Biel. Yep. In I've, that in that order on my screen, which is really <laughs> creepy. <laughs> well, because they have the three pilots, they're like in one wing together. Like, yeah. <clears throat> um. I actually enjoy that movie, even though it's really not a very good movie. But it's because I know it's not a good movie. Right, right. <laughs> it's Which is fun. I love movies like that. Triple X. I love Triple X for that yeah. reason. <laughs> it's, it's uh, you know, Triple X holds up better as a movie overall than this did. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I actually genuinely enjoy Triple X. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, um, you know, it was okay. Like, there was some cool stuff in the movie, but it's, I mean, it's not a good movie. Six of ten, Speed Racer. Never saw it. That's the Wachowski movie. I never saw it. I heard it was terrible, but yeah. I know a lot of people who are hardcore Wachowski fans who love the movie, so I don't know. I'll have to, you know, I, I do want to check that out one day. I'd like to see it and see what it's all about. Speaking um, of Wachowskis, the uh, Sensate finale came out this weekend. I have to sit down and watch it. I'm like, it's one of those things where I like, have to like, clear my schedule, like block it out, like sit down, like, because it's like two and a half hours. It's basically a movie, like, yeah. to finish it off. I'm like, I want to watch it start to finish. I don't want distractions to stop nothing. <laughs> um, 7 of 10. R.I.P.D. No. I had zero interest in that one. Um, I love I love the uh, the small write-up on this one. The first one says, as title would suggest, R.I.P.D. is about the rest in peace department. <laughs> as yep. its title would suggest. <laughs> you were just going to well, put those together. I- I think it was based on a comic. It's based I it's a comic or a graphic novel. Yes, it's yeah. based on it does have source material. I was just it's just funny the way that it's worded. I um I did see that and that, I didn't dislike it. What I all I know is when I saw the first commercial trailer for it, whatever, I was like, You've gotta be kidding me. Yeah. Um the reason I saw it, if I remember correctly, was the guys were over in Hoboken and we wanted to go see a movie and there was nothing else to see. Mm. It's vaguely what that's vaguely what I remember seeing. The reason we saw it, um, but I I was fine with it. I enjoyed. It. I like you know I like Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Jeff Bridges a little impossible to understand throughout ninety percent of the movie with his whatever whatever like chewing on nothing accent that he's doing is just yeah. really frustrating. <laughs> I remember that even from the trailer, I was like, wow, he is like a super crusty old western dude, and like, yeah. that's not what he like not who he is in this movie. Yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do? Some things work, some things don't. Um, the Lone Ranger. Uh, no, never saw. Did it. you get? Did you ever see Airheads? I don't think so. Oh my goodness, Airheads is a classic. Airheads is uh, Brendan Fraser, uh, Adam Sandler, and Steve Buscemi are in a band. Oh, that was from like the early nineties, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That was before any of them were famous. Yep. I've heard of the movie. I've never seen. It. I don't know anything about it. It's like one of those the run, one of the running jokes throughout their movie is that their band is called the Lone Rangers, plural, 
and like every time somebody says it, there's like that, like that that movie like um, pacing, breaking pause where they turn to somebody and go, "Can you pluralize that? Like, <laughs> like you, you can't, you can't do that." <laughs> but uh, anyway, the Lone Ranger. Uh, again, it's listed. You know, it's a bomb technically, but it, it did it did end in the green as far as the box office opening. Did it really? Because I remember it was considered at the time a horrific bomb. A budget of two twenty five and a box office of two sixty. That's worldwide. Honestly, the uh, there's not a lot of it details, <laughs> and I and I'm I'm just interested enough to go through this, but not interested enough to read any further. <laughs> Fair enough. I was just curious because you have you have the information in front yeah, of you. I yeah. did not. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm reading it verbatim. Uh, <laughs> did you see that? <laughs> did you see the Lone Ranger? No, no, no. I saw it, and I don't remember disliking it, so I would assume that it was okay. Oh, I, I heard it was very bad. I'm also an eternal optimist, so it's possible that it was horrible. <laughs> Moving on to 9 out of 10, the rebate, the rebake? Something's happening. Something's in this beer. The remake of Ben-Hur. I forgot they did that. Let's see what do we have here. Who was in that? Thanks to bad reviews, shitty marketing, and a changed release date, the remake of Ben Hur never caught on outside of its core Christian audience. Let's see what do we have here. Oh, because no one was in it. Forty-five day shoot for a ten-minute chariot scene. That was moved to a studio after Rome refused to allow filming in the Colosseum. Awesome. <laughs> Don't know how you would have filmed in the Colosseum on account of that there is no floor. <laughs> maybe that's maybe maybe the person that like thought that was gonna be a great idea just tried to get like the rights to do that. And then in Rome they were like, no, no. <laughs> you, well you can't. The thing is <laughs> Like of like all the stars, like it seems like it killed their careers. Mm. That's unfortunate. Because like I was like looking at the names here, and I was like, that name seems familiar to me, uh, Toby Kebbell, and he went on to be in one of the other biggest flops of all time, the Fan- Fantastic Four reboot. Eesh. He was Victor Von Doom. Not um, a lot of Jack- good decisions on that side of the house, huh? What's that? Not a lot of good decisions. Over yeah. There. <laughs> Jack Houston, who was Ben Hur, um, and he was in American Hustle in a very small role, I guess. American and Hustle was he, a good movie. Yeah, no, that's a great movie. Yeah. Um, but he didn't have a big role in that movie. And right. he was Jack Kerouac in Kill Your Darlings, which is a very odd movie from yeah. what I've heard. Rodrigo Santoro played, I guess, Jesus. Jesus but in Ben Hur? I believe so. I have no idea what that movie's about. I do know that my aunt used to have it on VHS, and it was one of those two tapers. Yeah, no, it's a really long movie. It's one of those two old 1950s movies, especially the ones that like were in any way tangentially tied to old school the Bible or the Torah type movies yeah. that are like all of them are four hours long. W- were there... Were there movies on DVD that took two discs? Not to my knowledge, but I could be wrong. Is that is that a thing that's going to die with our generation? 
Uh, yeah, well, considering now you could put like eight movies on a Blu-ray. Yeah. I hey, just, I, I'm glad you, I'm glad to see you had, to, you had to swap the Titanic tapes to yeah. get to the good part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to see that uh, Pilu Ashbeck uh, survived. He played Pontius Pilate in this movie. Okay, okay. Uh, Morgan Freeman was in this, but he's like buried in the cast list. He's also untouchable. Um, there's untouchable. <laughs> uh, and ten, number ten, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, <laughs> came out on my birthday last year. Did not did didn't even know that happened. <laughs> that it came out on your birthday? Did, yeah, didn't even know it came out. To be honest with you, I remember I vaguely remember seeing a trailer for it, thinking well, it you, was a long way off, and never seeing it again. Which I guess that's it. Well, you you still had you still had like TV back then. There was a lot of commercials for it at the time it was coming out. Yeah, but there's a there's a large chunk of time where I had TV and didn't watch it. That overlaps, so there's probably that. Fair enough. It was one of the two or three things that came out with that guy from um, that show on FX that I never watched. The Biker Gang show that I, his name I can't ever think of now. <laughs> the uh, the screen grab that they have of it is just like a it it's a it's the guy standing in the rain with a sword on his back and a green hood. It just looks like sad arrow. That's that's what I'm saying here. Wait, why the fuck can't I think of that show that was really famous that I obviously... What was it about? What was the show? The the show on FX, the the, the biker gang show that mm. I said like several years that I can't was think of the name. Was that Sons of Anarchy? Yes, that one. Was that AMC? No, I'm pretty sure it was FX. Oh. Anyway. That's it. That's it. That's... Uh... That's that uh the those bo- the box office bombs. That was fun. That was fun to go through. Thanks for going. He was in, he was in a much better movie that came out around the same time as that that I actually saw the, the Lost City of Zed. Okay. I really I really liked that movie actually. It was good, and I learned a bunch of shit about things that happened in real life that I had no idea about. It was a, it was a fucking weird story. So you say you have another terrible thing for me? Uh, less bad than the first thing. Okay. Well, I mean, I would hope so. <laughs> the first thing was pretty rough. Well, this thing doesn't involve anyone being hate crimed or anything. So. Man, I, at least in my notes it said "crappy nerds," like, and I found a way to to write lightheartedly about it. But you just you you, you did what you had to do there. Yeah, I mean, well, call uh, it what it I, is, and I maybe then we'll it. we'll get it fixed. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> flicks in a six <laughs> on their crusade. <laughs> Go on. So the other. Um, less than positive story I have is that this will they won't they thing that keeps going on is settled back on won't they um, and the Batman is reportedly being rebooted oh with a new uh, story. Right, I'll check that one off too. I didn't mention it in the run up front but I read so when Matt Reeves wants franchise and I was just like just get, stop it. Get, <laughs> stop it. First off we're, we're done here. I love Batman. We're done here. You've ruined it. We're going to have to come back in a few years. You're going to have to take a break if you ever want to touch this again. Two, let's get one right before we plan on doing a trilogy. How about yeah. that? Can we do that? Because I was reading the... Uh, Kim bought me the... Which is just a, just a wonderful birthday gift that I have to mention here. The the screenplays of all three Batman movies. And it's oh, nice. the, the preface of it is... A um, like an interview with the Nolans and um, oh man, I can't remember his name. 
It's somebody else that either I think he writes with them or he does the helps with the screenplay part part of it. Well, Chris Christopher and Jonathan Jonathan Nolan are both the big ones, and then also Christopher's wife, whose name I'm no, forgetting. No, it about. wasn't. It wasn't her. Um. Anyway, whatever. It's. But I was reading, and I was like, the, yeah, like how did you guys approach the movie? It's like, well, like, oh, David Esquire. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, it's it it like, how did we? How did you guys approach this movie? Like, well, we approached it as we're doing a movie, like a movie. Solid approach, gentlemen. <laughs> Solid approach. <laughs> doing one, and then it's like we should make more of these. Like that's yeah. Well, the thing is, you. I mean, you can tell that that that's how it went because he made a movie between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah. I just, man, I it's. It, it is really unfortunate. Like that movie gave them gave DC so much credibility on the film scene, and they just they just set it on fire. <laughs> Maybe the Joker's in charge. <laughs> oh my god! What if this is a sick meta joke, <laughs> and some men do just want to watch the world burn? <laughs> This well, if one's you want, also if, the one that is that's that's tweeting at Rose. This is this is it's all coming full circle. If only it was one person. Yeah. Um, it's one it, person with it, multiple it, accounts. It is behind the wall of the internet. Like thousands of them, though. Yeah. If it excites you at all, though. <laughs> Sorry, my dogs are barking. Um, uh, I'm home alone right now, and oh, that's my sister terrifying. and my. My sister and my mom will be home eventually, so they may, that may be them being home and they're barking at them, so I, I don't know. We may have like another it. disturbance in like 90 seconds when they come in the house. I just one like, of them jets. The listeners really get to just, they see how the sausage is made. There's no, there's really no editing that goes on here. It's, oh, there's, I, uh, there's, the, there's the very rare occasion where there's an edit. When like we fuck up on something big yeah. time? Or yeah. like something bad happens and the other person has to walk out of the room for five minutes. Right, like right. that's either, the only time it happens. That, yeah. It's either something bad happens and somebody like legit needs to take a minute. Um, and there's sometimes, I mean, you've walked away and I've just kept it going. Like <laughs> yeah, but that was when I was only going to walk away for like 30 seconds, yeah, which is fine. So we're good with that. And then there's, there's the occasional time where like one of our internet will go out. Yep. There was that one time I got completely disconnected and like my, like the call just dropped. Man, I tried for way too long. To keep that going and just get you back in, but I had to edit that out <laughs> in the end. You can probably find that minutes. on the raw footage if we ever release that. <laughs> because <laughs> I have a folder called raw, which is not that different than the one that you get. <laughs> Wait, I, it wasn't even just a disconnection. Didn't my, I think my computer like said oh, fuck you and restarted. It restarted and updated. It was a while before you came back. <laughs> yeah, it was like 15 minutes. <laughs> Oh my god! Anyway, I forgot where we were. Oh, you were mentioning how they're making a, they want to make a Batman franchise. Yes. Uh, well, not even just a franchise. Like, well, well, that that was the thing you brought up. Um, no, just that um, that they're gonna re- reboot and replace Ben Affleck. And oh, hey, I just heard my mom. Serious. Um, yeah. Which this this story has been reported multiple times over the last year or so. It's one of those cases where like the whole smoke fire thing, right? You know what I mean? Like. It's gonna happen eventually, so just yeah. rip the band-aid off and do it. Or take a beat. <laughs> just Well yeah, I'm cool with the not incessant, you know, rebooting of the movies a la Spider-Man. At least they finally got it right. Yeah. yeah. But like if they hadn't, I'd be very mad at them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean 
if they hadn't and they made another one, I almost wouldn't go see it. Um, <laughs> there's, there's one really funny thing I didn't add in here, but it's you know ties into the DC stuff. It was like something like Aquaman first impressions actually good, and I just thought what a what a horribly low bar. <laughs> Yeah, I've been seeing that for a few weeks now. Good. <laughs> and I was just like, yep, yeah. That's oh, wait, this I... is great. This story, this this one that I pulled up about the, the Matt Reeves movie uh, rebooting it, it had a, like a rundown thing of like just bullet points with it. And it reminded me of this tweet I saw earlier. So uh, Variety is reporting that Amblin Entertainment and James Wan's Atomic Monster are teaming up to do a remake of Arachnophobia. So the tweet I, saw I originally that too. <laughs> the tweet I originally saw said, Variety's reporting that Amblin Entertainment is doing a remake of Arachnophobia, currently has no director, actors, or writers attached to the project. And someone quote tweeted it and said, so basically they just have a fuckload of spiders then. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like someone was just like, you know what we should do? We should make yeah. an Arachnophobia movie. And like somebody like ran to the press with that. Like, <laughs> That's stupid. Uh, did you see the original Arachnophobia? No. I did. Um, our listeners may not know that I despise spiders. So as the, even though that movie's not actually that terrifying, for me, it's my nightmare. <laughs> see, I'm not... I wouldn't consider myself an out-and-out arachnophobe, but I don't really like them. Yeah. I've gotten a little bit better, but not much. Not like, much. I don't freak out at the sight of one, but if it's within my reach, I usually smack it down and kill it. <laughs> I would say I don't freak out, but if you're talking to me and I've I've spotted one, that has become my top priority in the situation. <laughs> and I'm probably not listening to you anymore. <laughs> Admittedly, I've almost crashed my car because I saw a juicy one through my rear view mirror while okay. I was driving. That, that was, was like, the worst adjective you could have used. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a big juicy spider that was oh. like, as I'm driving, I look up, you know, you know, you do like the just eye flick to the rear view mirror just to check out what's going yeah. on behind you. And I saw it, it had been lowering itself on a string from the, the roof of my car. On a string. Um, it's a web, Al. Get it right. <laughs> lowering itself on a strand of web. <laughs> um... And I'm it was sorry. like floating right over my shoulder, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah. <laughs> swung at it behind me." And totally and I, fair. And I missed. And then uh, for the remainder of the car ride, you felt it walking all over every inch of your body. <laughs> yeah, there was not one spider; there was millions of spiders. Right, right. They were in my eyes. Um, <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was uh, one particular time. We were actually it was your basement, and we were watching some fight. Oh, that was the Mayweather Pacquiao fight. That's the one. And I was having a conversation with somebody, maybe your uncle. I don't know. I was who saying, that that one I can't guess as easily because there right. was more than two people here. It was, it was either you, your uncle, or your brother. And there was there was a spider just just coming down, just coming down from the ceiling. And I was like, I think I might have been the person talking and then stopped, like <laughs> I like which is just rude. And I apologize, but it was just like I. I must have my brain must operate like separately at that point because I definitely continued having the conversation, but don't remember what what we were talking about or where it went because my eyes were focused on the spider and making sure 
that it is in no way going to get anywhere near me. <laughs> then I killed it. Of course. I know mean, you're not supposed to do that. Um, I killed I killed a gigantic spider in this basement once. Ugh. I was down here. I remember it was like it was like spring of a couple of years ago. I remember it had to have been April because it was like I remember sitting down to watch one of the first few baseball se- games of the season a couple of years ago, and uh, you know, it's it's nice, it's cool, it's April. Like I was down here in like shorts, like I didn't have socks on. Right. You know, it was the Sunday. It was the Sunday night baseball game, I think. So you know, it's it's eight nine o'clock, and uh, you know how I keep my basement very dark for the projector screen yeah. to show up nicely. And all of a sudden, I saw a shadow like on the floor, and I was like, "What? No!" And I looked down, and there is a gigantic the biggest spider i've ever seen with my own two eyes like not on a movie or tv right. screen or anything it was gigantic yeah. and i didn't have socks or shoes on i didn't have anything to kill the spider with and i was like but i have to find a way to kill this thing because this is not living in this basement with me i'm sorry right and it's just scuttling along the floor and i was like nope 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 and I was like wandering around, like I was like, okay, so I have like a forty-pound dumbbell, that's gonna fuck up the floor. I have, oh, a tissue box, that's not gonna cut it. Uh, <laughs> so I'm looking around for stuff, and I found like I had kept like the box for like my Xbox One, yeah, with like whatever was in it, and I just like I approached it from about three or four. <laughs> It's fucking huge. I don't know if I can jump or scuttle quickly, and I just like spike the box down and crush the shit out of it. Nice, nice. All of our Australian listeners are going, "You're stupid." Yeah. <laughs> Australia, we love great. you. Yeah. Um, and you're terrifying. Uh, <laughs> so that was what were we talking. That was that was the ba- that all came from Batman, right? The Batman. Okay. So was that your only note on that? Just. Just the stop, basically, or just just the bad. Well, news just that, in general. that we're back on this will they won't they thing, and like for like the fifth iteration, they're back on won't they? So right. So my turn. Um, the Halloween reboot. This is something that I've kind of had my eye on since I heard about it. Oh, it's uh, getting closer now, isn't it? Yeah, and it's not a it's not a reboot. I I'm using the word lightly. Uh, the reason you know it's funny. I hate the word reboot because a lot of people use it, and it tends to be a sequel. And I just like stop. Like, well, I don't re- mind it when it's an actual reboot. Right. A reboot is a thing. Um, and this that's why I have it written here as Halloween reboot because that's how it was. Every story I read was calling it that. And I was like, this is it's not, though. It's rebooting a chunk of the story, but it's not a reboot. It is a direct sequel to the like to a certain part of the Halloween franchise. It's a retcon slash sequel. Right. Exactly. Uh, which is intriguing to me. I think it, from what I understood, it's either after the first or second one and it omits the rest of it. It's basically the same way that they're doing the Shane Black Predator movie. Okay. Which is after the first one, right? I, I don't remember. Or no, I think second, it's after second. the second one, but it's, it's excluding... After, after the second would make sense from the trailers. It's excluding all of the dabbling with the alien. Okay. Stuff that's cool, that's fine. And I, I, and okay I, think, with that. I think it's ignoring the Adrian Brody Predators movie, but I'm not 100% sure. Gotcha. Well, I guess we'll just have to see. Um, but what was interesting to me, like, so far, like, the, the it sounds like the people behind it are passionate about making it. They're like, 
not happy with where it went, want to get back to its roots, like want to try to embody like the original style of the Halloween movie and and make like a true new horror movie like with within that realm and that style and that character like that's that's cool to me i'm glad that they're trying to do that i think that's awesome and um, like they're bringing jamie lee curtis back well like they're that's where the story comes in true to where this whole thing is like yeah i added this to the flicks magazine if you want to go take a look at the story but um jake gyllenhaal apparently is is close with jamie lee curtis I, like mentioned as her unofficial godson, just like a silly whatever thing that's not. No, it's just like a random connection yeah. in movie dumb. Like. Yeah, but um, he was like, I guess in in cahoots or talks with these the people making it, and it was like, and reached out to her and was like, you need to to listen to this, like you should you should listen to this pitch because I think you should do it. Um, and I think I forget if it was the writer. I think it's the director, maybe. Um, who he he had previously worked with and said it was the best experience of his like movie career and suggested that she do it based on now, that. Like, now I want to find out who this is to see right. what movie it was. Um, and I was like, if that's if that's the case, like I'm uh, like you're just get, I'm trying to like you're giving me all these little bits that are just very exciting about a movie. And like I'm not super into Halloween or anything. I. I don't even know if I've seen the first one all the way through in like maybe 15 years. I saw it like a long ass time ago. I've never but, seen any of them. Um, I always kind of liked the con, like I always enjoyed the concept. I also enjoyed the trying, like the jumping around of the lore because of all of the sequels that there are and the, and the, uh, the actual reboot, which made the first one and the second one, which are then not at all part of this series. Like, it's just like a, it's an interesting thing to me. It's just like a, wait a, a minute, wait a minute. There. I'm going to give you another movie that this guy directed. Okay. Pineapple Express. Oh, Danny McBride. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't, it, sorry. So then it wasn't him. I have to go back and I don't have the article pulled up, so I apologize for that. But I, I added to the flip, the fl- our flipboard magazine, if you want to check it out. But um, it was just, it was just a cool concept. Like the, the passion and the drive behind making the movie is what's making this so interesting to me. And it sounds like people really, the people behind it really love it, like really love the source material. So I'm like, that's that in itself, even if I wasn't a huge fan, that would get me excited about something because it's like, from this perspective, it would seem that these are the people that would try their best and earnest, like earnestly try to do it right or do it justice. And that's, that's just seems cool to me. Cause I, I don't know. I feel like I've probably shared this on the show numerous times. I really enjoy the Halloween remake that Rob Zombie did. But Halloween uh, 2 is the worst movie that I have ever seen. Really? Oh my god. It's uh, it is worse than the Phantom Thread. <laughs> wow. That was just a realization that I was not prepared for. Moving on. Al, Sorry, back to I, your I, nuggets. I, I can't move past the fact that the guy who's directing this Halloween movie <laughs> made Pineapple Express and many other um, Danny McBride things. He's involved with Eastbound and Down. He's involved with yep. Vice Principals. Like, mm-hmm. uh, but that is that must be the guy because he directed Stronger, which starred. Uh, well, I'm saying I'm Dick not saying so maybe it was. Uh, did he did he write this though? It might have been the writer. I don't even. I don't. No, no, no. But this this story was this, about. No, this guy directed Stronger, which Jake Gyllenhaal was in. Oh, okay. There you go. But I didn't recognize that name of the movie. I just was drawn to the fact that he directed fucking <laughs> Pineapple Express, which I love. It's just like could not be a more different yeah. movie. 
That's cool. So I that'll probably be we're not big on horror movies. I don't you know, there's some that I like and some that I'm interested in. I feel like we'll probably end up doing an episode on this movie just because of the the history that is behind it. And I would what I would really love, even though we haven't had a guest yet, I would love to I would love to find a guest that is super into Halloween to get their take when we go through this one. Okay. So that's uh we got months ahead of us, so that seems like it's something that should be doable. So we'll yeah, we'll, we'll keep you we'll keep you posted. So Al, have, back to I your have, nuggets. I have two more nuggets. Do you want a news or a note? News. I I wanted news, news, note, news, but I'm now news, 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 note. Well, this is probably the better one because this one will be shorter. I think the other one we may want to sink our teeth into just a little bit. Okay. Um, because it does call back to a previous episode that we've done, and it's a topic that's near and dear to your heart. So we'll go yeah. with the news. Much like um, the odds. Did, what's that? Oh, much, much like, like the, the odds. odds. <laughs> um, did you watch any of this week slash weekend? I forget how many days it's been. Um, any of the EA Play E3 stuff? Yes. Did you happen to see anything about Anthem? Yes. Are you interested yes. in Anthem? i'm so interested you know what i'm really interested in is watching the cinematic trailer over and over again because it is brilliant (laughs) well as 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 awesome as that is um i was much more interested in the gameplay stuff because i haven't played one of these um cooperative story games yet uh i still don't know how that works exactly honestly um because what they pitched Destiny as is not what it became, and it's why I didn't ever bother playing the movie or the game. Because I was really disappointed in what it became after what I saw it pitched as when it was first revealed, yeah. and they did the first story and Game Informer on it. Um, this one, I'm much more willing to give a chance. It's also because it's made by people who I really like and respect. It's made by Bioware, yeah. who I love them despite um, what happened, the good and the bad with um, Mass Effect Andromeda. Right. But I will not just be jumping into and like pre-ordering the second was open with this game. Um, they have to prove that they're put the shit behind them and that they're going to do this right. Yep. But I think this game looks really cool. It'll be my first um, entry into that sort of game, this MMO story type game. But it looks cool as hell, and it looks like they are all working on the same project this time, which is not the case. Andromeda. So, right. having one unified voice and thought on all of this, which I'm definitely ap- excited. Ap- apropos of that being Anthem, so you're gonna have to get that one on Xbox One so we can play together. Uh, spoiler alert: I don't have an Xbox anymore. Um, that is a that is a. But I'm there's a there's a potential for crossplay there, so we may be able to play it together anyway. Yeah, but that's not gonna be at launch. Um, well, you you never know. I, I, I do. I've been following Mark Dara, the guy who's running the project. He said they're looking into it, but they've not promised anything. Ah, okay. Well, I will most likely be getting it on PC. Um, I But I will also not be getting it at launch because I'm no longer buying... Unless unless I'm like super, 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 super excited about something, I'm not buying a game at launch. I'm waiting for reviews. I'm waiting for feedback. I'm waiting to see how the game is... Rev- like is um comes in with the community just because like there's there i've been burned too many times so i may get it quote unquote at launch but i'm not pre-ordering it like i'll get it that week you know what i mean sure 
Um, I'm definitely interested. I, the concept is uh, is very appealing to me. I I was a big fan of Destiny. I'm probably the only person that liked Destiny more before the big changes were made to it, which means I probably just didn't get it as, as a whole. But I don't know. I mean, a lot of people like the first one. It's the second one that they didn't like yeah. so much, right? No, true. But people would ridicule the first one before, like some of the patches, not patches, but like the the new content came out afterwards and the oh, bigger okay. changes they made to it. But I was, I always found it. And to, you know what it is? I don't, I don't play one game like forever. And I feel like because of the completionist attitude that I have towards some games, for example, I'm playing Mario Odyssey right now and there's like 800 something moons in it. I'm going to get them. Right? <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not changing the game that's in my switch until I get them. So, like, that's that's just how For me, it depends on the, on the game and on my mood. Like, there's some games where, like, that'll be the only game I play for a month. But if I was to take that approach with a game like this, I would have to play this game, like, daily. Yeah. Well, I mean, my, my gaming always goes with an ebb and flow because I don't get that many games, honestly. Right, like, right. I at this point, I really only get one or two a year because yeah. a lot of it just doesn't really interest me anymore. Like, the games that I like, and that's why... The Andromeda thing was a bit of a betrayal. I mean, I enjoyed the game, but just what happened with... It was the taste of betrayal. <laughs> no, because that was a game that was supposed to be... What you wanted. It, well, I enjoyed the game. I played it multiple times. Mm-hmm. And it's a long fucking game. Um, yep. No, it, it was... There was supposed to be more. It was supposed to be spawning another game yeah. or series. It was supposed to but have it, yeah. active DLC for it and all that. And they just put that all... To bed. They put that baby down. <laughs> Hard. Yeah, um, it's unfortunate, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm very. I am very curious to see where this goes because I would. I really would love to get into a game like that. It just seems really fun to me. The concept is cool. The those javelin suits are bonkers. Like it's very cinematic, which is awesome. Um, so I'm 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 excited to see where it goes. I'm excited it looks for like the fun. game to come out and to see how well it actually performs, and then I will probably be picking it up. It looks like a fun game. It does. It does. Um, moving on to, I have a note here. I think I I might have mentioned it in the beginning. I just I just put Dak Shepard on my notes. <laughs> I've been I. I I'm an ever-growing fan of Dak Shepard. I, li- I love his podcast, Armchair Expert. It's great. Uh, his interviews are so much fun. He's so he is so open to his like to the criticisms of himself and like trying to make them better as the shows go on, which is just so cool to me. And uh, he's like, he, but he's he just seems really passionate about the interviews that he's doing, and it's really fun to watch. And I he talks about his history and his career and his and the movies that he's done and the movies he's directed and stuff. And it, it, it really piqued my interest. So over the past couple of weeks, I, um, I got chips and I got hit and run, which are two movies that he directed. And I also, uh, rewatched without a paddle, which if you haven't seen without a paddle, it is just a fun time. Like if you love, that like 2000 style buddy comedy, not like it's just like you know, college, post college comedy. Like, they, it, it is itself a genre. Like, there's so like with, without a paddle is a fun movie. I've yeah, seen it like a few it's, times. it's it's a, a great, it's it's so much fun. The movie's I heard, a blast. I heard Chips was nearly an abject failure, though. So, Chips was interesting to me because I, I remember it not performing well, and I watched it, I laughed my way through that entire movie. 
No, see, I, this is the thing is, I even heard that it wasn't entertaining. Like, forget about what its performance at the box office was. Yeah. I didn't see it, but I, I just, every, like, I didn't see anyone review it positively. Well, you know what's funny? It, it was so, it was just so funny to me. The, the whole movie, I was, we were, Kim and I were watching, we were cracking up. It's like, it's just a, it just does a good job of the buddy comedy movie. Like, it's just a modern day version of a buddy comedy movie, buddy comedy movie, and it has the, it has the draw that the older ones do, but like, it also has like the some of the over the top stuff, like the the Bad Boys Two would have, or like a more modern one would have. It was just, it's a lot of fun. I would suggest giving it a shot because it was, I really, really enjoyed it. Like to the point where I didn't expect to like it that much. Um, I uh, realized that I'm, you know, slightly biased here because I love him. <laughs> he's, I think he's fantastic. So, so there's there's that. But I, the movie was was a blast, and then we followed that up with Hit and Run, and. I, I was like, oh, this will be fun. Uh, let me not get my hopes up too high because, you know, the last one I really enjoyed and I went in with a lower bar. So I already know that my the, my expectations are higher than they probably should be for this one going in. Knocked it out of the park. I really enjoyed it. It's oh, just, I saw that movie. That, that movie was, is a lot of fun. Sorry, I was just like, that sounds familiar. And then I was trying to like, I couldn't place it. So I just looked it up and I was like, oh, yeah, no, I've seen that movie. There's just this... The bonkers Tom Arnold character is fantastic. The banter between him and Tom Arnold is amazing. Um, I love that he, he puts Kristen Bell in all of his movies. <laughs> it's just it's it's great. And well, I would, you can. I mean, if you <laughs> haven't if you haven't seen it uh, either of those, you should you should check them out because they're they're a good time. Um, I, I saw that one in theaters when it came out, but that's the only time I've seen it. I don't really remember it that well, but I remember being entertained enough when I saw it. Yeah, uh, Kim and I had watched. We ended up watching Parenthood all the way through on Netflix, and he was in that um, one of the main characters there in the family. And it was just like I, I already liked him before that, but like he grew on me more and more with each episode. And then like listening to his podcast, and then listening like to him talk about the projects he didn't have, and the passion behind them. It's just it's really cool. Like there's there's funny little things if you know anything about his life that's that's cool that he like incorporates into it. Like there's just a scene where. He's talking about how hungry he is. We've got to run down the road and grab some Arby's. Like, there's one that I just saw. Like, he loves Arby's. Like, that's just mm. the thing that was that he wrote into there just because it's a thing that he loves. And I I really, I really appreciate that. That's just... Yeah, no, it's, it's funny when you see that sort of passion make its way into someone's work. And, like, when you know that, that it's that passion making it into someone's work, it, it lifts projects that wouldn't be able to stand on their own to being something that you would actively enjoy and it takes ones that would be good in their own right and makes them great right right for sure that's, and that's he just he nails it um to your note because yeah that's my my final nugget for the your day. final nugget we so had a mixed bag I, of nuggets here yeah it was very it's been very mixed um i was watching the dark knight the other day it was just great on decision TV. It was just on TV, and I was like, oh, let me just pop this on and watch. Well, it's funny, because the other day I saw Batman Begins um, nearly all the way through. Nice. And then, you know, just like on the, in the background while I was doing stuff. And yeah. then the same same thing happened with this. I was like, oh. And I watched most of The Dark Knight. And there was one scene that struck me, and it reminded me of a conversation we had when we did an episode on The Dark Knight some months back. Hmm. Remember we talked about the theories on the background of Joker in that particular version of yeah. Batman. Yep. We 
considered whether any of the stories he told was true. Mm-hmm. He wondered whether or not he may have been a war veteran of the Middle East who was disillusioned in such that's kind of the prevailing consensus theory. Right. Um, but something else struck me on such a throwaway scene in that movie. So I don't remember if you recall when I, I think it's going to pause, pause you for one second. I have goosebumps. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> so you remember the scene when Alfred is talking to him about the guy in Southeast Asia yep. who they were hunting down when he was yep. a younger man, just wanting to watch the world burn. And, you know, about, this isn't a man that you fully understand. You know, it seems that he gives him that whole story about the guy stealing the precious stones and this and that. And he's saying, stones you know, the and size the, of your fist. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was a ruby the size of a tangerine, tangerine, right? That was the one. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so they were going through that whole thing and they have their back and forth and, He's listening to Alfred, but he's a little preoccupied because he's so wrapped up in all of this. And he's, and he's also probably this. concussed like 90% of the time, but go on. Probably. <laughs> and he's running all these diagnostics trying to find him. They have the tip-off because that was right before the fake Commissioner Gordon's death and all that stuff. Yep. And he had the, the clue from what they found in that apartment with the bullet being shot into the brick and all that sort of stuff in the background and it's one of the things they focus in on it's what bruce is watching it on one of his many screens in that little sanctum that he created they show him running facial recognition software on his face repeatedly because you see like the the little polygons trying to take you know that's how the those facial recognition softwares go they they look at the angles of your face and they can do it even if you have a beard and this and that Mm -hmm. and it struck me that you know that should have been what figured it out right maybe he burned his fingertip finger you know tips off and you couldn't get good prints and this and that and he might have had a wig and he had dyed his hair and all this sort of stuff but there's running that 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 um facial recognition software over and over again and they couldn't find a hit on gonna catch the scars and i wondered whether or not it was just as simple as he took so many precautions to make himself completely unknowable and unfindable, whether or not he just cut himself open so that they wouldn't be able to find him with that. If it was something so simple as that he was just so crazy and so wanted to do the things that he was going to do that he said, huh, they'll never find me now as he starts gashing his own face open. Yep. Yeah. I I think that's fantastic. That's a great, I never considered that before. It was almost a like it, you know, I could have just as easily not been watching the screen at that time because I was doing other things and I just happened to be watching at that moment while that's going on. And I've seen that scene a million times before. I always wondered why they, they, they kind of focused in on that before they yeah. kind of wipe the screen and move on to the next scene. Um, Cause that's the end of their conversation. And I was like, you know what? It could have just been him trying to make sure that he couldn't be found on that sort of software. I, I definitely, I've made the connection before that about the, because of his mutilated face that he would not probably he would probably not be recognized by facial recognition software but i didn't it didn't like if like that was like when i'm thinking deeply about like okay why can't they find this guy theoretically sure he could hide his fingerprints all these things and i thought about the scars on his face and like his mutilation and all that i was like okay that's that's a possibility i didn't think of it in the the context of what you're saying i don't think that he would have done it for that reason I think that that is a 
um, an outcome of his chaos factor. Like he is, I do think that he in a situation, I think that sure, he probably gave himself those cards. He probably cut his face open um, because he probably was like, I wonder how scary this would be. Like, you know, like, like, just like a, like a crazy whacked out. Like, I do think that he operates mostly on moment to moment, like decision making. Sure, there's some bigger picture thing because he wants to see how they'll go down if he plans them out. I don't. For me, for I feel like that's just like a a byproduct of him doing something else that was nuts. See, I don't think it can be discounted because I think not that I'm a psychiatrist, but he appears to be an intel an intelligent psychopath. Yeah. Um, Dangerous and intelligent. He's, and he's always, but no, but that's a specific diagnosis. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like that's what like serial killers often tend to be. Right. Um, and I, I, I really, I question whether that was an intentional thing for that purpose because he's ahead of everyone on every single thing that he does. Right. Just think about his first heist where, you know, he has every <sighs> step of the way he's ahead of, of you. The same thing, you know intentionally giving the wrong address of the two of them, knowing which one he's going to go save. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. He's ahead of everyone at every single step, knowing that the guy is going to get locked up and thrown in the county jail with all the other guys. And he has a dude get arrested who has a bomb implanted in his skin. He's got everything planned out. And it, you know, he says, he says, do I look like the type of guy who's got a plan? Right. He says, yeah. so he says to Harvey, and, Yes, he's got a fucking plan from start to finish. I disagree. I think that he does fully take on the whole this chaos factor of just of just deciding and by doing that like sure he's smart and he's probably thought of the potentials. But if he doesn't know what he's going to do until the moment, that is a very real reason why you would not be able to expect where he's going. No, I see the thing is I when he says that thing about the plan, I think it's true from the sense of he doesn't have a big plan. I don't think that there's an end game where he's like sitting atop the throne, if you will. Mm-hmm. But I think that everything that he chooses to do, he chooses to do to affect the greatest amount of chaos and anarchy. I think that each self-contained plan is very well thought out. Interesting. I don't. I well, like. I, mean, I like. I like where you're coming from, though. It's a little bit. Everything falls together just a little too perfectly to his design. I mean, the whole thing where he sits down at the thing and he's got the the thing full of grenades, all these sorts of. I mean, it's all just a little too perfect. He's basically Darth Sidious. Uh, sure. I mean, but there's for I don't know for. I agree. There's like some of it that seems like sure, like that he's planning it out a little further. Or he's whatever. Um, I do think they they do enough to try to to make you think that he's not he doesn't have a plan. Like for example, like the hospital scene, giving giving Dent the gun. Like he doesn't know that he's gonna flip a coin. He doesn't know anything. Oh, but oh, but wouldn't he? He's got enough people that he's paid off on the inside, and that's Dent's thing is having that coin. Maybe I don't know. I love I love where you're coming from with it. I'm not fully convinced, but you have piqued my interest, and I will probably be watching it a thousand more times with that context. 
Uh, the only reason it really resonated with me is because they just linger on the program running over his face over and over and over again yep. for just a beat long enough. Like that's it's great. A couple I re- of sections I, before it fades to black. I really like that because I had, like I said, I had I had thought of of that as a thing that like this is probably a reason they don't know who he is. But I never I never looked into like or, or noticed that particular scene that you're talking about. I'll have to I mean, I'll have I, to pay attention to it. I just watched it yesterday, so I I didn't have any time to look into whether that's a theory or not. I'm sure someone's probably had that theory somewhere on I'm Reddit sure. or something okay. like that. Um, so I don't want to act like I'm p- parroting someone else's thing, or I don't want someone to write in and be like, "Oh, you've seen that." Right, that's, right, right, like, right. I've never seen that as a theory before, no, and I just cool happened though. to see it yesterday on there. I dig it. Um, so my last my last little bit of news here, or not news, my last little note kind of ties in nicely to our our flick of the week. So the other day I was at a friend's house and he threw on Empire. Well, we were just chatting. This is the thing that we used to do. You know, go out. Em- and go. Em- Empire of the show or Empire Strikes Back? Please. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> so we, you know, went out to dinner. We hung out. We went back to the house. A few of us hanging out downstairs. He threw on Empire. And I'm watching and I was like, Man, this is this is wonderful, but but there was something very special about it, and I was like, "What is like?" And then he then he had like popped up on the right side, like he had paused it or something, and it said "Despecialized Edition." And I was oh, like, so it's "The pre ninety seven yeah, remake, yes, but but cleaned up in higher definition." So like some this guy, I forgot his name. I would have to go back to look. Like I would have to look it up because I didn't I didn't uh, take it down, but took the movies and cleaned them up resolution-wise and whatnot, but did not include all the special changes that they made to the point where I was like, there were some things that I was just like, wow, like this feels right, but why have I feel like I haven't seen this in forever? And it's because I haven't. I haven't seen it in so long. I haven't seen it since the days of of uh, Select Video, which was the movie, um, the mom and pop video store that was um, like three or four doors down from the pizzeria. So we used to have like this this triangle of trade. It was the pizzeria, the dessert place, and the movie theater, the movie shop. So like you could just you know take a movie out, bring a pizza, get some dessert. Like you just we all knew each other. We were like it was all owned by like like families. Like it was, but that and I used to I used to take out those movies and watch them over and over again. And that's why like that was that was probably one of the last times that I had seen it in that style. And I was just so, bl- I was blown away. I'm trying to remember the pre ninety seven changes. So that would have been well, even at ninety seven at that time, Boba Fett would have been the original voice. Yep. Um I'm not sure what else well it would have been the things that offended me. I actually I actually don't mind that, although it's kinda of shitty to that guy who voiced Boba Fett originally. Sure. Pretty sure he died like a year ago. Um but I really dislike all the changes they've done to the final part of the confrontation between Luke and Darth Vader. They've edited that whole sequence mm. after he cuts off his arm and everything. And I always really liked him jumping off screaming no. Yeah. And they got rid of that. They completely silenced it. And they changed the whole... So weird thing of him falling and it's like kind of clunky now actually i always really liked that scene i don't know why yeah no i i agree with you i, I actually had a question for you because you might remember this better than i do um i remember cloud city being very like in like 
Oh, the there's definitely versions. CGI that they added to that whole thing too. Right. Okay. But in the in the modern version of Empire, isn't Cloud City like super orange? Yeah. Like the sky, everything. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is they they CGI'd everything outside the every time anyone looks outside a window, that's all CGI that was not originally there because that that was changed and that was not the '97 change that was in the, the 2000s. That was post. Uh, the prequels, because they did it to back reflect kind of the way that, because that was the same stuff they added at the end of Return of the Jedi when they added the Coruscant sequence. Yeah. They added the, the, the Bespin sequence as well as part of the whole celebration thing. And that mm-hmm. stuff was all added in then, I'm pretty but, sure. And, and everything, is it, does it have, I, I can't remember, I have to go back and check, but does it everything have an orange hue? From the actual original? I don't know. No, no, it. no, in the, in the modern version of it. Out, everything kind of at the window, yeah. Um, in you mean when they're first flying into Cloud City? Just every every time there's a view of outside, because what I remember seeing the last time that I watched it, I, and I could be wrong, I could be thinking of a specific scene, which might, I, which is very possible. But I remember seeing like everything being like kind of rusty orange outside, like the sky, the clouds, and in the original, the specialized edition, it's all very clear blue like beautiful skies oh yeah no yeah so the modern version it it's not i wouldn't say rusty per se it every it just looks like it's perpetually sunset okay yeah and that's not the case in this in the original i do remember there being more blue and everything so they must have changed that tinting and color even because the first approach that they do so interesting yeah outside of those things though i don't know i mean well i mean it wouldn't be major changes in that, like, you know, change of icon shot first in this and that sort of stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I was just like, it was just like one of those things that caught me off guard. Like as it, as they flew in, I was like, yeah, this, this looks right. Why have, why have I not felt this way the last few times I watched this, that this looks right. It's funny that this all is hinging on empire because I have what I think is a kind of cool, not that it's like, something that you wouldn't have noticed per se, but it's just something that I enjoy particularly about solo. If we ever get to the movie, cause we've had a pretty long lead into it this week. Not Next week on our solo. <laughs> yeah. Not that that's a bad thing. Cause yeah. I think this is all been fun with that. Shall we get into our flick of the week? Yes. Solo. Ooh. Ooh. Sneak attack. What is that? You monster. <laughs> <laughs> You're a horrible person. Wow, that's not that's not even fair. I'll just open to was that a heady topper or a focal banger? It was. Yeah, you're you're the worst. <laughs> I told you I had reserves. <laughs> you did. I feel like I should grab one out of this fridge here, but um, before just I make do sure that, it's not a show beer that we haven't done yet. No, that's fine. Those yours are the ones that the supply that you supply me is off to the side. Okay, that makes sense. Um. Anyway, Solo, a Star Wars story. Now, I had mentioned this last week um, as like a, a precursor to this episode. I very much enjoyed it. Uh, this movie was, I went in with very, very, very low expectations. Uh, we have talked about this in the past. The There was no time to anticipate this movie. There was no, there was nothing, there was no tease that was like worthy of the anticipation. There was nothing. Uh, and then it came, and I was like, okay, it's early. It's I just got a Star Wars movie a few months ago. Like, 
the the bar was low one there was there was too much drama around it which is which is what set the bar that low and it definitely it definitely delivered um i do need to see it a few more times because i am curious how much of this is the fact that it was way above my expectations i very much enjoyed this movie yeah i i'm 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 overall it's a positive um, I think it's a very solid movie. I would. Uh, I, I'm not about to say my. If I was to like throw it in between like my favorites right now, though, of Star Wars movie, it's probably higher than it deserves to be. It's no, saying. yeah. I, I, I haven't even entertained the thought in right. my mind because which is the right way to do it. It's way too early. It's the one that I've seen the very least because I've seen it one time. I've seen right. every other one of them at least. Rogue One, I've seen probably four times. Sure, and I've seen Return of not Return of the Jedi, Return of the Jedi I've seen a lot of times. Uh, the Last Jedi I've seen five times, and The Force Weekends I've seen already double digits, and all the others very high in the double digits, if not the triple digits. Right. You know? Right. I, I will say one of the things that I've this is one of those movies that I've like actively after I saw it would read I, I as you probably know from listening to the show I, I tried to stay away from reviews or specifics on reviews until I see the movie myself because I like to develop my own opinion on it um, but I like I like to find a couple of reviews from reviewers that I trust sure which, which is fine like you that go about it how you free want before yeah, I go spoilers see. free for sure but like my thing is I, I don't want my opinion tainted um, before I see it. So I try to stay away from that stuff as much as possible um, because I know it will affect the way that I like the lens that I'm seeing it through just just the way I am. So I went in with, you know, with the very low expectations that I had and came out and then I read a bunch. I read a crap load of reviews that followed that and I found myself disagreeing with a lot of the negative stuff that I was coming across like things like um, this is not a movie about like Han's origin. It's more about how he gets his stuff. Disagree. Um, and we'll yeah, get I, didn't, that. I, I didn't see that. Um, there was just like, this movie's unnecessary. By that argument, all movies are unnecessary. Well, uh, no, actually, I agree with that one. But I don't think it's a bad thing, per I, se. I don't, well, unnecessary is a weird thing. Because in a fictional story, all things are unnecessary. So, what the way I defined it, and maybe we'll see if this different word choice you agree with a little bit more. Sure. It's inessential. Yes. Which, those are very close to synonyms, even if they don't mean exactly 100% the same thing. But it, it is an inessential movie to it the greater an, Star it, Wars lore. If you're, if you're talking specifics about facts and where things go and how the story unfolds, yes. If you're a it, Star Wars fan, it is not. That's true. But what I'm saying is, for someone to understand Star Wars and all the big things that have happened, that movie doesn't have to be viewed. Okay. I will agree with that statement, depending on where it goes after this. It's not going anywhere after this. I, I don't know. I don't know if uh, whatever tie-ins that the end of that movie is going to have later down the road, um, there's there's always potential. I'm saying, as well, of right now, I agree with you. It could... I, well, I do think it'll show up in other things, especially – actually, I meant to bring this up in the, the notes and, and nuggets and news. Um, <laughs> the three ends, if you will. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. We have a name for the segment now. That's brilliant. That's, that's two weeks in a row where I unintentionally had something just – I had to tell 
people that story from last week's episode about the dollars versus cents thing because <laughs> it was so good and I so didn't mean to do it. <laughs> it was wonderful. Um, I I agree with you that in the current state it is inessential. Yeah. Yes. I do think it'll be tied in. This is the the, the brief point I want to get to. Um, did you see they announced a new game, Star Wars game? Did not see that. No. Oh wait, wait. Yes, the uh, Jedi. Uh, crap. This Fallen Order, Fallen, I think it Fallen was. Fallen Order, that's the one. Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, I like, could see literally, it tying literally no details about that, but yeah. <laughs> well, because it's still well out on the horizon. Yeah, I know. I it's unfortunate because there's there's been a handful of failed of not failed failed because they stopped them of stalled and stopped Star Wars projects that I was very excited about. So it's like, all right, maybe they'll finish this one. Like, well, this <laughs> this is one of those, I believe. They liked the idea so much that when it was stalling, they basically smacked aside the studio that wasn't doing a very good job with it. Okay. And took the reins more closely because they're like, no, we like this thing. We're going to do it. Mm. We'll have to see. But go on. What were you going to say? Does this have a tie-in? No, I could see the tie-in because the game is supposed to take place between episodes three and four. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it is a Star Wars story. So I could see this tying in because it's in the same time frame. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's that's true. That could you could have case. a Dryden Voss show up. You could have sure. an Enfys Nest show up, a Tobias Beckett, anyone. You know what I mean? Which would be cool. It would be awesome to see that stuff. Um, like take like play out in the more extended storylines. Like that'd be that'd be awesome. Because um, uh, when I when, the thing is when I very first heard this movie being reviewed because I didn't get to see it till almost a little over a week after. It was released, and I heard people saying, does it set up a sequel? I was like, really? They're going to set up a sequel to an origin story? And there is room for that, I suppose, to a certain extent. But really, the truth of it is, I think that was always a tenuous bet. And with how badly it performed at the box office, it almost all but assures that there won't be. Right. Right. Well, okay, so... You you enjoy the movie. I enjoy the movie. I'm going to run through a couple of things before we get through the spoilers. So allow me to rattle these off real quick. Um, the first thing was what I mentioned. I disagree with that argument that I've read multiple times that you don't see how Han became Han. I, I do oh, yeah, think no, that, I very much disagree with that part. Yeah, of it, I, and I'll, I'll get into some real specifics as we get into the spoiler area of this. Well, then, yeah, in the spoilers, there's one very specific thing towards the very, very end that's very, like... There is one, but if you're if you're paying attention, the entire movie is him becoming the character that he is in the newer film. In the not the newer film, sorry, the like the later in the storyline, which is the older films. Yes. Um, next note: Chewie can always use more screen time. He gets a lot of it in this, and he's actually a character, which is really cool to see. I really yes, enjoy that. I enjoyed it, and I thought it was one of the strengths of the movie. Yep, hundred percent agree. Um, this movie's got bu- bu- bluffs, double bluffs, triple bluffs. It's great. <laughs> like they go all out. We'll get into that much deeper a little bit later. Um, Woody Harrelson's character did not know what to expect going in. Very happy with what I got. Very with happy. Very happy with my way out of the movie. Well, as yes, I was as well. Um, can we just talk about this since we'll do this pre-spoiler? Because a yep. lot of times we don't have a lot of talk. How the fuck in the now. 10 Star Wars movies and all the other lore and everything that's both legend and canon. How the fuck does Woody Harrelson get the only normal goddamn name in the entire Star Wars universe? 
I just I want to believe like he was signed on to the movie and they like had his character name. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. I mean, <laughs> we, we have we have a Luke, right? We have right. a couple of names. We said a couple of names that are normal names, right? First names. But he's Luke Skywalker. You know what right, I mean? He's right. not Luke Jones or something. Right. <laughs> Tobias Beckett yeah. is a normal first and last name. Tobias Beckett is not a smuggler in Star Wars. <laughs> Tobias Beckett is in Mark Twain. <laughs> no, to, you know what Tobias Beckett is? He is like the the black sheep member of like a British royal family in the 1800s. Oh my god, yes. Oh my god, you know what he fucking is? I was just watching one of the the second Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Cutler Beckett is the name of that British officer <laughs> that comes and starts fucking everything up and tries to arrest all of them. He is his estranged brother who became a pirate, and that's why he's fighting and hunting down pirates so vociferously. Yes. He plays a pirate that's, named Tobias Beckett. That's who he is. That's and it. you know what? That's, that's who plays the Nailed 17 or 1800s. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm mad as hell. <laughs> uh, awesome. awesome. I'm not actually nope. mad. It's just ridiculous. You know what's funny? It's, that is like one of those things where I, I, you know, I didn't pay too much. I didn't like... I didn't focus on it in the way that you did, but it definitely caught me off guard when his name is said it the first time. And I was like, huh, that's weird. And then I just let it go. <laughs> you know, no, I like, I like thought about it. And then, but like, it took, took like throughout the whole course of the movie. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, this is like a normal name. How does, how does this stand? <laughs> All right. Next note. Uh, Donald Glover plays a, it, he's great as Lando, um, but he's sometimes too good. And here's what I mean by that. Sometimes there's like he's he's very good if he did what he, for 90% of the movie if he did it that way, it would have been great. But for whatever reason, there's like these small pockets of time where his impersonation is so spot on. It's almost it almost takes you out of the experience where you're like, "You're not Billy D Williams." <laughs> like, like, like what's what are you trying to pull here? It's it's he he does a great job and the the pulling off the charisma and all that stuff. It just it that's not something that's easy to do, and I think that he nailed it. Well, the funny thing is, so we've mentioned him a few times on the show. Amin El Hassan, who works for ESPN, who is gigantic Star Wars nerd, mm-hmm. and who has done those podcasts that we've referenced in the past over Rogue One and um. The Last Jedi being released, although they didn't do one for this one around. I don't know if it was, again, if this is another thing that falls at the altar of having it come out six months later, if they just didn't have time to do it. Right. Um, him and Freddie Prince. Why don't you ask because them like you asked last time? <laughs> what's that? Why don't you ask them like you asked last time? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't message them. And um, But no, but the thing is, I, I don't think Amin went to the red carpet premiere this time around. I mm. actually think he got in a little trouble because... He's created a persona for himself on Twitter, and I think he finally went a little too far. Oh, no. Um, like, he's not in trouble, trouble. Um, he's still around. He didn't get fired or anything. I just, all of a sudden, he's created a new persona for himself on Twitter, <laughs> oh, which is just a hair different from the one that he used to have. Okay. But I'm pretty sure his actual, like, Twitter handle is Darth Amin. Like, he's that big of yeah. a Star Wars fan. And I, when, I know when they originally cast Donald Glover... He hated it. Really? For some reason, he hates Donald Glover. Yeah, that's funny. And I have not yet heard his thoughts on the performance because I understood where he was coming from when I heard him talk more. We don't have to get into it now. Um, but I actually thought he did a really good job. 
Yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I said, there are times where it's too good. And it takes me out of the experience, which is a weird thing to happen. <laughs> um, moving on to Alden. Alden? Han? Who? Han? Oh, Alden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alden Arnick. Uh He does a fantastic job of capturing young Han. He... I was I went in with my reservations again. Went in with a low bar. Within 15 minutes, I was on board. Uh, yeah, he, no, he, he became job. he became Han Solo, and I was really really happy because that was the thing that was going to make or break this movie for me. Yeah, and I think it's the thing that made or break people made or broke people before they ever got into a theater. And I didn't think about this at the time. And it's one of those things that I started seeing in the last week or two. And I was like, you know what? That's probably a good point. When you talk about an excitement for a Han Solo movie, it's not excitement for a Han Solo. Or people don't love Han Solo. They love Harrison Ford playing Han Solo. Yeah. And no matter how good of a job he does parroting that, he isn't Harrison Ford. Right. And he did do a good job of parroting what a young or younger Harrison Ford might sound like or look like as as Han Solo, but it's still not Harrison Ford. There was like the, one of the perfect tweet like reviews of the movie that I read that it just was just like just the perfect small amount that you needed was um Alden Ehrenreich does a great job of playing Harrison Ford, uh, of playing Han Solo just before he starts to look like Harrison Ford. That's <laughs> like that's that's great. Like that's spot on, and it's, it it does a really really great job for it. like especially with all the again with all the negative press around the movie and you know them p- painting the acting coaching stuff in a negative light. I'm happy to see that it, it the way that it came out. Um, another pre pre spoiler note: Paul Bettany, uh, charming. Love Paul Bettany. He's always great. Well, not uh, charming in this movie. Charming no, no. Jim. no, he's he's a he's a charming actor. Like he's he's very he's very captivating on screen, whether he's a villain or not. You know, surrounding and, the release of this movie, there was this whole long article on The Ringer about the many faces of Paul Bettany in these many great. movies. And I was like, Well, I've not even heard of half of these things, let alone seen them. Yeah. Well, you know it's funny though, it's I think he does a great job with a character that is actually not that interesting. So we, we can get into that when we get into spoilers a little bit later. Well, but, uh, I, I I agree because I thought he did a good job and I think he's a good actor. But I can't have help but have more than a little bit of disappointment that I didn't get to see Michael Kenneth Williams take on the character. Because hmm. he would he played that role until they did the reshoots. He couldn't make huh. the shoot of the of the reshoots oh, so they they recast it that character was the michael kenneth williams character that we had heard about interesting okay and um, i'm a big fan of his so we get a we get a fun droid as usual um yes a fun droid that is up to date with the times which is awesome like i i know a lot of things are political statements and i know a lot of people probably hated this too because they like to hate all this stuff but I actually thought it was really good, and I thought well, it was also, a lot of fun. It fits that world without, I think, being too... I mean, you may not like any form of politics, but if you're going to get behind something, I mean, freeing sleeves shouldn't be a hard sell. No, it should not. Um, but the rest of it is is a little is on the nose for the time. and yeah. which, But I liked that. I thought that was good. I, it so she was entertaining it. and... That's a rising star. <laughs> we can talk about it a little bit more if we want a little bit later. You're um, liberated. Go be free. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But Phoebe Waller-Bridge is apparently is her star is burning bright. Yeah. And the last note that I have before we dive into spoilers is there's there's just enough fan service in this movie where that was another thing that I read was that they that all this movie was was fan service and I and then in that same breath they were talking about things that contradict that which I thought was just kind of silly but there's a the, lot of contradictions in the criticisms of the last couple of movies yeah but the I thought the, the fan service the level of fan service I thought was was great I never felt like it was too much. Um, I well, the really thing is, enjoyed in some ways, it probably things. was too much because the whole movie, in your opinion, counting. <laughs> What's that? Because like the whole movie, to a degree, is fan service. No, no, um, I haven't done a full counting of it yet. I'm gonna have to at some point, and I've tried to. There was since it took me, oh, like like nine days is so long in real life, but it took me nine days after the release to see the movie and how much content came out in between then, and I couldn't read any of it because it was spoiler filled. Uh. And I tried to catch up on some of it after, but I haven't gotten to that much because it's still been only like another nine days since I've seen the movie. And in that time, I was out of town for three days. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, but they apparently they activated a lot of old Star Wars Legends material. And I do know some of it, but not all of it. Mm-hmm. So that is all quote unquote fan service because there's a lot of people who the very few people who I've seen who've criticized some of the stuff in the new Star Wars stuff who've been upset with all of it, the few that I think have some valid criticisms, or at least criticisms that I can understand, mm-hmm. um, were people who grew up engaging with the expanded universe stuff sure. that is no longer canon. They activated a lot of that stuff in this movie that mm-hmm. I wasn't even aware of, because I've read some of those Right, right, same. I never read any of the comics, but I read a handful of those novels. Yep. Not all of them. Um, There's so many. And there was a lot of, uh, like, things and characters and places and people that that were activated in in this one and and have been in the shows and the comics and stuff like that. Actually, I just saw something today that in one of the comics that's running now, they reactivated one of the old ancient Sith characters, so. Cool. But like Enfys Nest is an old Legends character. That's great, and that's that's fun. I'm glad they were able to do some of that. Um, do you have any any notes before we start di- like really diving in? Um, I mean, there's a couple of things that we could do, but we don't have to. All right. Well, then let's get that. Let's get to them in the spoiler territory. The veil has been lifted. From here on out, we are going to be spoiling the hell out of Solo: A Star Wars Story. Um. Diving back to the beginning of my original comment, which was the we don't see Han become Han. We see how Han gets his stuff. That's where I claimed bullshit immediately. Um, We get a very young, just this green Han Solo. He's like, he's super optimistic, right? He's he's healthy like he he like just like embraces his good luck and his charm like as he goes through and the movie whether you see it on his face or not throughout the course of the movie, things go wrong for him over and over and over again. And that is what turns him into the cynical person that he is in the, in the original movies. Well, how about something as simple as Tobias Beckett saying that the only way you survive in this game is to assume that everyone will betray you and then Mm -hmm. you'll never be disappointed. And then he betrays him and reaffirms that message. Yep. That's a pretty good proxy for the whole growth of it all, right? Yeah. But 
let's take it one bit further if you want to talk about, oh, it's just how he got all of his stuff, being yeah. Chewbacca and the Falcon and this and that. And his blaster. And his blaster. I, yeah, I forgot about that, but that's true. Um, you want to talk about him becoming Han Solo? Mm-hmm. I can sum up him becoming Han Solo in one line in one scene. Yep. He shot first. Yep. 100%. And you know what, though? It's not even just that. Like, sure, like, uh, people will harp on that, right? He did shoot first. It's the the emotion that he goes through throughout that scene. He, he It was a calculated decision. He understood everything that was he the, the one guy that he the one guy that he's shooting first was the only person that was telling it to him straight this entire movie yeah and he had to do it because he was telling it to him straight so like this this breaks him down i feel like as he does the act to the point where you know he runs over to him he's sad to see him go he still knows that he did what he had to do mm-hmm. like it's it's just it's a it that's the turning point for the character. And, but, and I thought that it was delivered in such a perfect way too because God it was. He says, I'm gonna teach you one more lesson and then he just fires it and yep. he falls down and he goes, Well, I guess you already learned it. Yeah. <laughs> like that like that whole that whole thing was emotional and it was just really it was just carried out so well. You know, it was a really good scene. And I was just um, like I like to the point where like I just like, you know, I grabbed like both armrests. I'm just like I oh, oh you retcon the retcon. It was so good. It was so I think good. I, <laughs> retcon, retcon. <laughs> I think I may have even done a fist pump in the theater because I was like, <gasps> "Yeah, he shot first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I immediately put in all caps, and you can verify this in the OneNote notes. In all caps, shoot first. <laughs> that's great. That is so great. Yeah, that's and that that's basically what I was getting to here. It was like that it was like. Well, there's all of these things, though, that lead up to that, and then that's the switch. Like, that's the point. That is the breaking point that turns him into the man that he is That when, the first time that you see him on screen, which is A New Hope. So, like, I I really enjoy that. Like I like you said, I know the, I, the movie is not essential, but that gives you such a, such a fun back – like, not fun, but, like – a meaty backstory like you could you can sink your teeth into it and you can you can really see where this character came from and it doesn't feel like a cop-out like it's it feels like this character has been through some shit and he became the cynical person that he is because of all of these things and it's just well and there's, there's a certain point where i just don't get what people are doing anymore or what like how they're engaging with certain media like we didn't learn how he became who he was you watched a guy who wasn't all for himself right? in the beginning. Now, wasn't super altruistic, but he had him and he had He had a companion. His, his he was girl. separated. His heart was broken. He, he gets got, betrayed he, 700 times in the movie. He, like, Well, no, but even take it chronologically. He, he had his heart broken. He's despondent. He joins up with a cause. Mm-hmm. The cause chews him up and spits him out. He joins up with people. Those people die around him mm-hmm. and then chew him up and spit him out. And at the very end, he has to betray someone that he trusted and murder that person to save the person that he loved, only to be betrayed and left behind by that person. Right. What more were you looking well, for? Well, let me take it a step further. He also, the entire movie, he wears his heart on his sleeve and he tells everybody his objective. And you get to the point where... Okay, that burned me, 
And now going forward, you're never really going to know what his true motives are because he's not going to tell you anymore because he knows how that story ends. When, when we pick him up, he's in, in A New Hope, and we pick him up in a, in a dingy bar in, in, in Mos Eisley Cantina, right? Mm-hmm. He is a cynical, jaded dude who's just there with his – the only person who's never betrayed him. Right. Who started off, by the way, trying to murder him apparently. Yep. So and good. Eat, and, and, and eat him. That oh my god, how great was that introduction? That was a Jubaka. tremendous scene, and just the the one line, you know, take him to the beast. Wait, there's a beast. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny? I should have known. I should have seen where that was coming, but because of the like the uh, like their voices and like when they're calling the beast and like when they're talking about it and like what they're about to do, I'm like, oh my god. Is this just another Rancor pit? Like, what's going to happen right now? No, as soon as they said it, I didn't know, but I had a strong feeling. Right. I did not. I but, did not. It, like, I was, for whatever reason, I was totally hoodwinked. <laughs> I, was, I was happy to be. It's understandable because there's been no manner or uh, no shortage of, of creatures and beasts and, you know, obscenities in, in this universe, right? But we we pick him up as a, a jaded cynical out for himself and his one person who's never betrayed him and never will because he owes him a life debt yeah and who doesn't want to join up with causes and jokes at, you know, at your expense because you're part of some cause and want to join one or you're some pie in the sky kid because he was that kid yeah once upon a time mhm so what the fuck do you mean we didn't see how he became that way i know oh my god yeah you know, here's another here's another thing for the the people that annoy me um, I, while I'm not a hundred percent on board with the scene from the last Jedi where Luke throws the lightsaber, I'm okay with it. It makes me laugh and I'm okay with laughing. I think mm-hmm. that's funny. I get how it's not totally consistent with the rest of the movies, but if you hate that scene, then you also have to hate the scene where he gargle roars at Chewbacca and talks to him. Oh, that cracked me up. Which was phenomenal. <laughs> wait, you, wait, you speak Wookiee? A yeah, little, a little, little. A little. <laughs> it's so good. Like, like you, we haven't, we have not heard, a, we've never heard an impersonation of, of somebody talking, like speaking Wookiee, and that's that was the first time. And the way that it unfolds, and the the way that it like solidifies their friendship, is just wonderful. And it oh, is, it was just so much fun when that when that like roar comes out of him. I'm like. No, they didn't. <laughs> I'm so glad they did, and I'm also so glad that they finally, finally explained why he can understand you. <laughs> well, and like, because the first thing that came to my mind was like the Finding Nemo when Dory tries to speak whale. Yep. Like that's basically what was going on there. <laughs> yeah, I thought actually that is what I thought was happening. I thought he was just trying. To make, to make a noise sense. and yeah, but the fact that he's actually like saying that he like he knows how to speak it a little bit like that's that's really silly to me. And the I, only time we I get Wookie subtitles too. Yeah, as yep. he's butchering the language. Yep, which is oh my god, so good. I really that was just so much fun to me, and seeing them become friends and like they're blood brothers. They're, they're just they're it's amazing, and I'm just so happy to see it. He saves, you know, they get them, they get them out of there. He pulls him and he saves them while he's on the train. Like the whole, and they, they have this bond forever in life debts. It's great. <laughs> you were, and the, and the, and also the line that we get in the trailer that we've seen now probably a hundred times. Uh, but the, you're a hundred, how old is he? 
190 years old. 190 years old. That's just, that's just wonderful. Um, oh man, I was just so happy, so happy to see that scene. I just, I didn't expect it. I should have known they would do that, right? It makes sense. It's an origin story. We should we're gonna see how they meet. But it never registered to me that that that, that we were going to get that until it happened. And I was really happy with the way that they played it out. Also, they may have activated from legends canonically that his son Lumpy is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> moving on from that, uh, the the, uh, the next thing I had in here, which is a little bit out of order, so stop me if you want to go somewhere else. I I have the notes about the bluffs at the end, so we could skip and come back to this if you want. Okay. No, we can do it. All right. So the way that I had this written down was bluff. Double bluff, triple bluff, <laughs> exciting reveal. So we've got the pledge, which is the basic premise that the heist at face value, it like get this thing, come out and like with this mess with your life, like just like we have to do this thing, right? Like that's like the, the what we're getting up front is like, there's the heist, we need to get these things. Then we find out what we really need those things for. And then the turn is um, Hans bluff with, is it Kira? Yeah. How do you say your name? Kira? Kira. So, like, the the whole bluff with the, like, this is not the real thing. Oh, you did a really great job of faking this. I'm like, part of me is like, it's totally the real stuff. Like, like, like is this really how it's going to go down? Like, that's like your, that's the turn. There's another bluff in there. And, like, then she, she double bluffs that where, like, we don't, like, it's like, oh, crap. She's turning on Han. And then she strikes down the other guy. And you're like, oh, it's for love. It's not. It's, it's, it's for, it's just for more gains. And then, like, after all of these things go down towards the end of the movie, you get the prestige. I, I, would, say, I would say gains with a garnish of love. Right. <laughs> garnish. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was a. A, a nice little second on like a little side side dish <laughs> but uh then the the prestige is then obviously the mall scene where it's just a really funny thing because i i remember being a kid when episode one came out and like i i've probably seen episode one more times than most people have because i remember when i you know bought that movie on vhs the day that it came out and i watched it over and over and over and over again um, I have that somewhere upstairs in VHS. I I, I don't have it on on um, DVD, and I have not seen that movie in any form in a very long time. Actually, like I've seen five minutes of it. Sure, but they play it on TNT a ton over the last couple of years, and I never see that one because it's always on like Saturday morning. Yeah. And I, you know what? Because they're starting off, they're going to do a whole bunch of them. So it's got to be the earliest one. They play them all in a row. And it's like, I come downstairs and like eat like a late (laughs) breakfast. It's like, it's like Attack of the Clones is on. So it's like, yeah. Oh, we're um, doing this today. (laughs) I texted you a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you remember this. It was the week before Memorial Day on a Saturday morning or afternoon that I was watching Phantom Menace for the first time in a very long time. And actually your parents were here. And I didn't realize that talking about all those like later like readjustments to the movies, I didn't realize that they got rid of the creepy Yoda puppet from episode one yeah. and replaced him with the CGI Yoda from episodes two and three. Yeah. That's a weird, that is a weird thing. I actually like, it's a good thing. That. It it's was a, a very thing. bad puppet. Like if they were going to do a shitty puppet, it should have been, been the, the shitty original. puppet from episode five. <laughs> right. Right. Not, not a different shittier puppet. Not this terrifying <laughs> beast thing yeah that was that was terrible but uh 
I love so like I said, watched it over and over again. I was I loved Darth Maul. I would rewind and rewatch the whole fight sequence at the end over and over again. I just thought it was the coolest thing. I was like, you know, it's the first time you're introduced to a double bladed lightsaber on screen, and you're it's just never, like, it was the first time you were introduced to lightsaber battles that were choreographed. Well, that's, there's that too, and it was just it was just this incredible like incredible thing. So he's always. Darth Maul has always had this special place in my heart, like to the point where I don't know if you recall, there was this Darth Maul video game that was like in production for a while and it ended up getting yep. scrapped. But like, there's I so much the good history about that. Yeah, like that. I was like, oh man, I would love to play that. But um, anyway, just a character that I loved, and like you know, I I had gotten some of the the old books about him and things like that, and I, I was I was very much into it, and then. I also, as you know, I'm only now getting into like Rebels and things like that. So I'm starting to catch up on that stuff. But the guy's ta- he's talking. And there's a hood on him. And I see the metal feet. And I'm like, what is happening right now? <laughs> and then and then the reveal. And I was like, oh, it, it just happened. <laughs> like it's, it's him. <laughs> like this is the greatest thing. He's on screen again. I'm so happy about it. Like, and I was just like, this is. Like, that is so cool. I love that. Because, you know, watching episode one and, you know, him getting cut in half, that's the end of the character, right? That's the end. The character's cut in half. He's done now. He's finished. And then there's all the extended universe stuff and the lore of him coming back and all. And then they, they do carry on with that stuff in, in some of the stuff that is still canon. So it's yeah. I knew, obviously, that it was a possibility. But, like, when I saw those metal legs, I was like, oh, my God. God, <laughs> like I, I was like I, I tapped Kim. I was like, you don't know who that is, but it's Darth Maul. <laughs> and then and then they you know then they show his face, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I was so so excited. And it was just it was just such a fun thing to see him on the big screen again. And it was just I really really loved it. And that's like one of those things where like I feel like they'll do more with him in some form. Well, that's what, like, I was hearing this stuff about sequels, and if this movie had been successful, maybe that'd be the case, but no, I think he'll live on in a TV show or comics or a video game, perhaps. Um, Well, he'll live on temporarily because we do find out that he does canonically die eventually. Mm. Um, But I do enjoy that if you look at the credits, it's Sam Witwer voicing him, which... He's been the voice of him on the TV shows for several years now. Right. And Ray Park, who was who was the the body like actor of him in episode one, is credited for Maul as well. Even though that's a CGI character on yep. the screen. Hundred percent. So great. But that was, that was just a fun treat to have at the end of the movie. <coughs> Sorry about that. Couldn't find the mute button. Unfortunately, time. I had had that spoiled for me but it's not really that big of a spoiler and it was still i didn't know exactly what happened i knew he wasn't on screen for very long but that was a cool scene although i think it was a little cheesy him doing the using the force to grab his lightsaber that was a little cheesy but (laughs) yeah um woody harrelson I have the note before. I didn't have the note about him having the the normal name, which is really funny, and I can't stop thinking about it since you brought that up. But <laughs> what I have here is Woody Harrelson pulls off Beckett wonderfully, and he's. I do think that that is true. His character is is just fantastic. I love Woody Harrelson. He's great on screen. 
Yeah, I used to not really have much of an opinion on him, but he's really grown on me as an actor. He's yeah. a good actor, and he's entertaining. Yes. And 100%. he did a really good job in this. And I was confused because I had heard he was like a like playing a a fairly big role. And then I heard that there was uh, Thandie Newton, and then I would heard that John Favreau was in this in some small role. I was like, oh, okay. His character was great too. Yeah, he was he was fun. Um, it's very sad. <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, so then I was like, oh, so like they must have this crew, and like I guess I'll be in a decent amount of the movie. I was assuming that it was all gonna be all of them. You know what I mean? Right, right. And they both got killed off. I was like, oh, I don't really know why they bothered casting Thandie Newton in that role then. Right. The John Favreau thing was just you know his just voice acting, so that that I can understand because sure. it's just entertaining. He's a huge Star Wars fan apparently because now he's going to be um, producing and directing and creating a show for them. Right. Um, so that I understand a little bit more, but I was just like, oh, feels like they kind of maybe wasted Finney Newton a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it did. It had I. The one thing that that can do for you though is even though they're you know they're ending a character so quickly after they've been on screen, is if you have this excitement to see where the character's going to go based on the name, and then they pull that character away from you, it has a little bit more of an effect. Yeah. You know, you might be, maybe that effect is anger, but that's fine. No, more just confusion. Yeah. But I think that's, that's, that is a play. It might not land every time. But it's, a, it's, a, it's an option. Well, I guess they could have chosen another name that was less of a name right not that she's like an a-lister but i feel like she's well enough known yeah that's true um back to beckett though and we had mentioned this a little bit earlier what i love about his character he's the only person telling the truth the entire time well his version of the truth his version of the truth okay i would it's not it's not (laughs) it's not a version of it He's omitting certain details, <laughs> but like I said, his his version of the truth. But he's not lying to you. Lies of is, omission, which is sure, but which is which is just so great. And but or or who have other times where he's really not lying, where he's like like you said, he's like you can't you can't trust anyone. <laughs> like he's telling you right now, he's telling you in that line, "Don't trust me. No, mm-hmm. do it. Don't do it. I'm gonna betray you. I'm gonna do what I have to do." <laughs> And then he does it, and you're like, ah, I should have seen that coming. Yep. <laughs> it's just, I, I really, it's just so much fun. Well, I it did... was a mini reveal because when he brings that thing to, to, to Dryden at the end, you figure it's not going to go smoothly. Sure. You figure he's probably going to be betrayed. Yep. I just assumed it was by her, not by him. Yeah. Yep. Well, it was, it was well done. Uh, we talked about Donald Glover. Happy about that. I uh, liked. I did like the whole the card cheating and like how he gets the falcon. Like he didn't. He won it fair and square twice. He just had more information the second time <laughs> <laughs> to know that he actually won it. I you know what I really loved about the falcon was how the first time it's on screen, it's like it's it's close because <laughs> because it has the that like escape pod in it. And then when they launched the escape pod, and now it looks like the Falcon, I was like, "Oh, that's so good!" I well, not just that, but there. it had like that whole it, like it was pristine, and I was confused yep. by that because, and I may be misremembering this, but I thought in the old Legends lore that that was an ancient ship that had been constantly refurbished. 
Hmm. And then when I saw in the first trailer is that they showed it like looking pristine. I was like, that doesn't. Well, it, it does. It does tie in nicely with what have you done to my ship <laughs> in yeah. <the> Empire? So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Which is really, really solid. Also, yeah, I, it is cool to see it though in such pristine condition. And one of the things, well, if we want to talk about fan service for a second, I didn't realize he was get that. Um, uh, Beckett was gonna wear that costume that Which Lando co- wears in Jedi. <laughs> oh yeah, that was kind of cool. when I saw it on the table. I was like, "That's great! That's just like, there. That's, fan that's just there for show." <laughs> and then he wore it. I was like, "Ah!" <laughs> it's fan service, but that's fun fan service. Yeah, that's really it's really fun. Um, just that's just so cool to see the Falcon like that. Also, uh, speaking of speaking of the Millennium Falcon and yeah. and Beckett. But I don't know why I cracked up so hard when they were he was using the the gun and he gets it got blown off. He goes, ah, I really hurt my thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little silliness there. Um, uh, we talked a little bit a bit earlier about uh, Alden Ehrenreich playing solo and how he kind of nails it. I think um, what I liked about it was, you know, you get that it's like arrogance times a thousand he's he's more vocally arrogant as a younger solo whereas he becomes more just silently arrogant as as the as he gets older which is great um i do love the whole good guy take on it like somebody has to tell him it's like dude like all right all right (laughs) great leather jacket but you're the good guy (laughs) like you know like that's that's the take and it's just it, that that was really fun, and like he is inherently a good person, and he's sure you. The, when we, our first introduction to Solo, he's giving out like this vibe of like you know he's in it for himself and you know and the money and all that stuff. But if you take this into account, it's the world that made him that way to a degree. But under all that, like that hard outer shell, there's definitely a big heart. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it makes it believable that he should eventually become the good guy because he was once the good guy. Yeah. Again, showing that we figure out how he becomes who he is. Right. Oh, that one line really pissed me off. I'm glad. Yeah, you, I'm glad, like I'm glad it hurt so, you too. When, when I, you can so fundamentally miss the point of a movie, that's when you know that you need to rethink things. All right. Um, <laughs> not that this is like high art or anything, but like, come on. Yeah. Um, skipping ahead to L3, which we talked a little bit about, uh, just great one-liners, like, and just a really funny concept for the droid. Like yes. it was, it was like kind of taking on free will, which is probably like a more dangerous category that we've never really discussed. I feel like in Star Wars droid lore. <laughs> also, I don't know if it's fan service per se, but a cool tie-in to the greater world of Star Wars I don't know if you've seen anything about this. I, it's not something I picked up. I saw people talking about it online, and I looked into it, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, this is one of the two tie-ins to Empire that I want to bring up. But do you recall when they're on the ship on the run, extended in the middle act of Empire Strikes Back? Remember he turns off C-3PO because he's pissing him off? Yeah. And eventually he plugs him into the computer mm-hmm. and says, I need you to, to whatever he says, you know, to 
diagnostic the ship or whatever it is with the ship. And he says, oh, your ship speaks with the most peculiar dialect. Oh, my God. And That's really up- great. They uploaded her central programming yeah, yeah. to the ship. And That's she awesome. has a very peculiar dialect when she's talking before she's destroyed. That's really cool. I love that. I, d- yeah. I definitely didn't pick up on that, and I had not read about it yet. That's that's fun. I didn't pick up on it, and I read about it, and I was like, wow, that's really cool. And yeah, that totally fits. That's awesome. I love that. That's like really going back and just find like when you find a little tie-in like that that you can make that's like it's harmless. Yeah. But it creates just like this a really, really tight connection to something that's happened in like Which is why it's it's funny that all these people we've been talking about who are just bitching and moaning about everything, a lot of them are attacking them for destroying Star Wars, destroying everything that came before it. And how can you level that claim when they would go to that sort of mundane like that mundane detail, that minute detail? Yeah. To find something and tie it all together like that. Like, people attack Pablo Hidalgo online. I follow him on Twitter, and they destroy him. And it's like, how do you not realize that this dude loves the tiniest little bits and pieces of what Star Wars is? <laughs> right. Because it's him who's giving them shit like that. And he – well, I mean, honestly, that one maybe not have been because I think I had told you. I don't remember if it was on the air, but I, I, I believe I told you that he was talking about – meeting with John Kasdan, Lawrence Kasdan's son, who helped co-write Solo, who's going to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting in the Star Wars movies going forward because Lawrence is very old now. Mm-hmm. And he said the first time the story group sat down with John, he said we were blown away by how much of the Legends material he included in this script that he knew before he talked to us. Right. So these people care about this shit, man. Uh. <laughs> so frustrating. You know what I what I really love going back to L3 though, like what I really, really loved. I love that scene where her and Kira are in the they're in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon and they're like that she's kind of like yeah, it's it's like a girl talk scene. Yep. Right? And then it's like, but that's like the scene where like even Kira's like, okay, you're weird. Like <laughs> like no, like Lando is not into you. Like it's like <laughs> like you're like I, but it, it kind of makes sense, right? Because you're thinking, oh, it's it's just like a high level learning thing. So like it's taking it that way. But then, but then when she gets shot, you really see the emotional attachment. And I was like, oh, oh my, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry for doubting this. <laughs> and like, and then I was like, huh. Also, this is a little weird. I don't know how like, to take any of this, but it's really like he funny. runs into fire, gets shot, and is like weeping over her right. corpse in the middle of a firefight. <laughs> and it was it was touching and at the same time like it was just so bizarre. <laughs> it was just it was it's just really well done. Yeah. But it was a legitimately emotional moment. It's amazing how many emotional moments they can generate over inanimate uh, well not inanimate objects but you know not organic right intelligences right cuz one of the most emotional moments in Rogue One is um, oh, yeah. K2SO's death. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yep. for sure, it's just it's just so funny. It's just like congratulations, you've been liberated. Like, just like all of that stuff was just so funny. Uh, I, I I enjoyed it as much as people were ragging on it. It's just I thought it was I thought it was really funny and very fitting. Well, we were talking about all of that stuff around Kessel because that's where that whole 
um, fight went down. Yep. And we, this is my other tie-in to Empire. Did you recognize the music when they're running through the maelstrom away from the Star Destroyer? Yes. It's the chase music from Empire Strikes yeah. Back. And there I was a lot of that throughout the whole movie. Run. But that in particular, that whole sequence, they took the exact chase sequence music yep. from them running through the uh, asteroid field in Empire Strikes Back. Mm -hmm. I loved that. They pulled that How back. cool was that whole sequence, the Kessel run? Oh, all of it was very cool. Um, highlighted by, um, we've been spoiled, I guess, in the last several movies that they've made, having like one striking visual scene. The scene of that Star Destroyer emerging from the Maelstrom, yeah. it's fucking gorgeous. Yeah, it's really cool. Just it's like, really cool. That scene with them jumping with with Holdo jumping to to light speed through the the um, the supremacy is fucking ridiculously striking visually. Uh, I'm always I like kind of like my like breath hitches slightly in, in the Force Awakens when Starkiller base fires for the first time yep. and that music is playing and they show that Ugh. red light as you're watching from the bridge of the Star Destroyer. That's an intense and, scene. Like all like there are so many amazing, amazing visual scenes. And at least one in each one that's just like it almost stops your breath. And it's like I would like hang a fucking painting of that Star Destroyer coming out of the Maelstrom yeah. in my house. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 quite nice. I can't wait to watch that in 4K. Um one of those things that I I don't know if it's still if people were still up in arms about it, I remember like when I was younger, I, you know, it was super Star Wars nerd when I was younger and people would complain about the 12 parsecs thing. And it never really bothered me because I was like, was it a shortcut? Like if, if that, like, like, does it really have to be that big of a deal? Like if it's not like it's a unit of distance, not time. I was like, okay. So like in my mind, I was like, could it have been a shortcut? Like I, I never really cared that much. I was like, if not, maybe they screwed up. And they didn't know what they were talking about, which is more likely what happened in the writing of it. It's a hundred percent what happened because they, right. they've done that several times, especially like we're talking about a time when we only just like when that movie came out, we hadn't been in outer space for what? 20 years. Right. Like it was still pretty new guys. Sure. <laughs> well, well, but, and that's fine. But what I'm saying is like with all this stuff, like not only did they, let me explain to you how we're going to make this phrase work. Let's also make it one of the coolest things that happens in the movie. <laughs> yeah. And like that monster thing getting destroyed by that like black hole, like whatever's going like that was that whole thing. I was like, all of this is just to make the 12 parsecs thing worth it. Yes. <laughs> I was like, and you guys nailed it. <laughs> well, it did, it wasn't offensive to me when I was younger because I didn't know. I just assumed oh, when I first the first fifteen times I saw Empire, I didn't know what a goddamn parsec was. Yeah, and then you know I took physics in like high school and college and stuff like that, and I was like, oh, parsecs is not a measurement of distance; it's a measurement of time. That's I'm a little bit what? No, I had it right. No, it's a measurement of distance, not time. No. Yes. I'm pretty sure I have it right. It's because three, three point 
a lot of digits meters <laughs> is it meters or meters per second uh I don't, it just has meters in this but whatever it's down look for it see if i can get it even further while we're on here real quick matt the unit of distance used in astronomy equal to about 3.26 light years oh okay one parsec corresponds to the, which, so which is the whole point effects. yeah that's what, well, that's yeah. What I'm saying. And it, oh, yeah. I guess no. That makes sense because I was always confused by it when I actually figured out what it was. I was like, "Oh, but because you're immediately thinking, oh, well, the shortest distance between any two points is a straight line. Mm -hmm. If you're just flying in a straight line to this place, how does one do it faster than someone else? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, you're right. Like it makes you know having that whole thing with the maelstrom, you know, where you can only navigate through this one quarter. go just, this way. <laughs> and we just say, nope, fuck you, we're just going to go through the side of it. Like, <laughs> it just also, it also, not only does it, it, it fixes it, it makes the ship so much more epic. <laughs> and like, it just makes him such a badass pilot. Yeah. And, well, Chewy. But... <laughs> and it also explains all the confusion about his record, right? Yep. For sure. It just, it, I just, I love, I really enjoyed what they did there. It was a lot of fun. Um, I could check off music and iconic moment pairings because you totally nailed that. Uh, <laughs> other fan service items, Warwick Davis popping up. Love that. I know. I had a moment about that too because I love that he's been in so many of them. As well as, even though he didn't reprise his role as C-3PO, uh, Anthony Daniels was in this. Oh, was he? I didn't, I didn't catch that. He was Tack, who I'm not entirely sure who that was. Okay. Um, I also noticed... Uh, I didn't know who he... I couldn't remember exactly who he was when I saw it, but I remember seeing the character and then find out that it was like one of Saul Guerrero's party members. Oh, who? Um, oh, what are they, that, that one... The mask um, and the tubes. Yeah, tubes. I, I didn't know if that was the exact character or if it was just that race. Yeah, I think it's the character from what I looked up. That would make sense because obviously the way that that dialogue ends up, um, you know that Emphasis is going to join the Rebellion. Right. Uh, we already talked about Lando's outfit from Return of the Jedi. I forgot this about um, Anthony Daniels. I um, I did see something about it because he's been the only person who's been in every single Star Wars. And Mark Hamill said something about it like a few weeks ago, like before the movie actually came out. He said Anthony Daniels has been gloating because he's the only person who's been in every single Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, we find out how Han gets his name. That was a little silly to me. I didn't really, I'd never thought about it that way. It's cool. It doesn't bother me. I know people, some people were like about it, but like, whatever, like, why not? Yeah, like what's uh, so, I mean, it, it didn't, offensive. it was one of those like, aha moments, but it, like, it shouldn't really offend you or like, even like, it shouldn't really make the movie for you either. Like it's a small little, right. Nod. It's not a big deal. And yeah. Like when that happens in like my reaction is that's cute. Where, <laughs> whereas like other people are like, ugh. <laughs> like what why like what do you not just want to be level. upset like what do you do like do you enjoy anything what is <laughs> you know i saw someone say something about that like i've just realized that the star wars quote-unquote fans who are getting so offended by everything are you actually fans do you like anything <laughs> right um they make the falcon look like the falcon and the last note that i had here was uh about his what about about uh his body language he nails that a lot of these still frame scenes like, you know, posting up by a door or like, like a Just laugh or like when he's, yeah, when he's 
when he's feeling extra confident, even though he probably shouldn't, like he, I think he does a really great job of embodying Harrison Ford doing that. Yeah, well, I'm sure they must have had him study. Yeah, like those actual scenes. You know what I mean? And you have you have to if you're going to make that character feel like. Obviously, this person's face is not going to turn into Harrison Ford's face, so you have to figure out where and he's you can also make not going to grow like five inches or whatever the hell. Right, it is. <laughs> right, right. But I thought they, I really thought they did a good job. I thoroughly enjoyed the movie, and I'm, I'm really happy with how it came out, and I can't wait to see it again. And I, it just, it's, it sucks that it didn't do as well as it probably should have. But not it just had, that, like it had a lot going did, against it. It did objectively terribly. Yeah, it's unfortunate because this movie is much better than that fate. Yes, it absolutely is. Um, um, oh, and we I forgot. Remember, like, was it a month or two ago when I brought up the thing about someone asking Ron Howard whether Clint Howard was going to be in it? Oh, yeah. He that ended was up getting great. a little bit more screen time than I expected. When it happened, I was like, yeah, there he is. <laughs> that was great. Awesome. Do you have any other notes? Um, yeah, I did have, like, one and a half other notes. Okay. <laughs> Um, that's I, weird. <laughs> what? That's weird. <laughs> oh, sorry. I uh, I was I had seen a criticism. I don't remember if I mentioned this last week on our episode or not because I know we I had a little rant about this movie and we did discuss it a little bit. Yeah, you were pretty um, pissed. What? You were pretty pissed about it. Oh, yeah, I was a little pissed. Um, although I thought I rebounded pretty well. You did. Uh, <laughs> you did. Uh, one criticism that I saw of this movie, because honestly, you were saying you saw so much negativity. I mean, most of the negativity I saw was just commenting on how poorly it performed. Um, and there's the annoying fans thing, but I actually didn't see much in the way of negative reviews of this movie. Mm. You were saying you saw a bunch. I actually didn't see much. I mean, I saw a handful of people who basically just kind of did like a, eh, it was fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which, okay, you know, if it wasn't your thing, I get it. And this isn't the best Star Wars movie. And as I said, it is fairly inessential. So if you were looking for higher stakes, I could understand being a little bit disappointed in that. Sure. Um, but it is the nature of a prequel, especially a prequel to something that came out, you know, over 40 years ago. Um, but one legitimate criticism I would say is that there was no one big memorable scene to this movie. You, you don't think you don't feel that way about the, the Kessel run. I feel like we talked about it that way. Yeah. I mean, it is to a certain extent, but I still don't think it quite measures up to some of the others over the years. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, in comparison be, to a Star Wars special moment, no. In comparison be, to like 90% of movies, I disagree. <laughs> that would be your nomination to the title, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't know that it measures up to any of them from any of the other Star Wars movies. That's fair. All of them had at least one truly unique or special moment, if not more than that. You know right. what I mean? Right. No, I, I, I agree with that. This, this more... Yeah, no, I, I, I get where you're coming from with that. It's not a super memorable movie mm -hmm. on its own, you know what I mean? It is for the people who care about it are going to care and they're going to remember. Yeah. Because it all fits in with everything, right? Right, right. Um, and I can't wait to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other thing that I kind of wanted to discuss that I thought was cool was that the story all came 
full circle in a way that I could not have possibly predicted. The movie started with a vial of coaxium. Mm-hmm. And it ended with a vial of coaxium. Yep. And I kind of liked that. Yep. Even though it's kind of a circular storytelling device, I kind of liked how it came for a circle like that. Yeah. That I, I love that. Someone who was at the least of the means that you could possibly wish for was just struggling to get that one vial to get them out of there to someone who briefly looked like they were going to ascend into, you know, mattering in not just their town or their planet, but the galaxy. Mm -hmm. And it all ends up with the one thing that that person walks away with is just a vial of coaxium and that that's the start of his story and that it keeps renewing his story, right? Because the story starts with that. We see this whole movie and the movie closes and he gets one vial of coaxium and then we know what comes next over the next 40 years of his life, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's great. It's, you know, one of those kind of greatest story ever told type of deals after that. I, You know what? I, I didn't think of this before and now I've written down, but what I do love about all that too is at the very end, like, where just so you know, from here on out is what happens to him. Like he's this is where he's gonna go meet Java, and that's where and things are gonna go south, leading into episode four. Just so you, just well, they, so you know, they, they even mentioned it right there at the yeah. end, right? That job Beck was gonna do, and that's yes. the job that him. Chewbacca I really like doing. that. I thought that was I thought that was fun. Like they were not we're not trying to create an artificial gap here. Like we're like letting you know, like this is this is the time frame we're talking about. Some jobs are gonna happen and probably go sour. And that's how you're going to end up with him being where he is and how he is when we see him next. And I think that's, I thought that was really fun. Well, not even, you know, cause this is kind of an, an amorphous time and space. This paints a much more accurate picture of where they end up. Right. They're talking yeah. about that job working for Java. Yeah. If we pick him up, it's him having fucked up that job. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, well, I, I don't know if it's that job or if he did a couple for Java that led to that because depending on how much time has had to lapse for that. But I just like that from when he leaves this scene and after the credits roll, he's going to Tatooine. So we know we have Han accounted for throughout the next bit of time, which is kind of cool. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had a really good time with it and I can't wait to see it again. Yeah, me too. I'm, I, I don't much as I'd like to, devote some time to it to help it i don't think my one ticket is gonna boost their box office numbers enough um so i'll probably wait until it comes out on blu-ray and and i'm gonna want to see it again i'm actually whereas the last jedi having seen it like four times in the theater i was ready for a little break before seeing it immediately as soon as i bought it right um this time i actually can't wait which is the opposite of how i felt with this movie coming out like i wish i had had a little bit more time to anticipate it yeah no, for sure. Now you can't wait to see it again, which is kind of cool. Uh, sweet. Well, that's it for this week's Flicks in the Six. We hope you enjoyed yourselves. Uh, thanks for joining us. And if you want to keep the conversation going, I'm at AEJ Costanzo on Twitter and Instagram. Al is at Alessandro B 1187 And Flicks in the Six now has an Instagram. You can follow us for updates on what we're working on and what episodes will be coming down soon. For now, the goal is to have... Uh, Hotel Artemis for next week. Uh, plans may change depending on if we're able to see it by then, but we'll be in here next week with another episode regardless. So until then, cheers.